0: This episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, you too can join them. Thank you. My name is Gary Butterfield.
1: My name is Cole Ross.
0: And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast.
1: And this week we are talking about Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together, which is a tactical RPG originally developed and published by Quest for the Super Famicom in 1995.
0: Yeah, one of the all-time great funny game titles. (laughs) Uh, And surprised to find at the end of this game that there, there were ogres. Around, mm-hmm. I think somebody mentions the tactics ogre. Oop! <laughs> uh, I, could, I could be, I could be misremembering that. But. Is
1: he just hanging around? <laughs> Did you put it at the screen he's and putting, say that's a tactics he's, ogre?
0: <laughs> he's eating chessboards. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so we we're talking about that, but uh, we're basically talking about the the remake of it, mm-hmm. uh, which is a port slash remake, very substantial remake. Yes. Uh, for the PSP, uh, subtitled Let Us Cling Together. Mm-hmm. Um, so, big translation changes, uh, big quality of life changes, uh, a lot of rebalancing, a lot of just straight up new content, uh, yeah. new theming. You know, I watched the uh, Super Nintendo version mm-hmm. this morning for the first time to kind of check out and see what it was like, and it's very different. Yes. Uh,
1: you know. I was really surprised. So, I guess in my head, I thought that all of these Tactics Soaker games were different. Um, Mm. you know, Mm -hmm. uh, so I didn't realize that there was something kind of approaching a Final Fantasy Tactics on the, uh, you know, what is effectively the SNES. So when I looked at, when I looked at the footage of it, like it was fucking remarkable is what it was.
0: It looks the same. Mm-hmm. And the music is also... Really good. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, like, really, it's got that Final Fantasy Tactics music, mm-hmm. uh, style music uh, on the SNES. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Um, you know, to see. Uh, it sounds like it's a much more tedious play experience. Yeah. And And okay. uh, before, you know, <clears throat> as just kind of setting things up, like, we have some caveats for the next couple episodes. Yeah. About this. No. Uh, in general, um, you know, this is a two-parter. But one of the things is that, like, the the actual experience of this, which I enjoyed on the balance, I also found a little tedious. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, the, the de-tedious version. So <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to go back and play the Super Nintendo version.
1: No, no. Um, I don't know if any fans would say, oh, you absolutely have to. It's the best
0: experience. There are people who stand for the uh, – there's a PlayStation version as well that may have only come to Japan.
1: No, it came to America. Uh, there.
0: Yeah. Oh, that one. Yeah. There's, there's people yeah. who like the PlayStation version as opposed to the PSP port. Right, right. Who say that this one uh, has has problems. So there are people who go for that middle version. But even this kind of updated quality of life one, like my understanding of the Super Nintendo one is you have to basically do like fake training battles. Oh, wow. Every battle. Wow. Uh, essentially. Yeah. And then they got rid of that for the PSP version.
1: Right. Um,.
0: So uh, let's get our other caveats out of the way.
1: Yeah, uh, let's do that. Caveat Town. Caveat Town, just to to let people know. So like we said, this is is part one um, of a two-parter. We're going to do the generalities. We're going to do chapter one. Um, After that, Mm -hmm. the game gets a little bit buck wild in terms of sending you down different uh, lines. Um, Additionally, the game is incredibly big. We are not going to be able to cover those comprehensively.
0: Yeah, there's, there's an element of this that is, like, um, is the style of the genre in a weird way, like the Disgaea games yeah, where, yeah. like, it's it just kind of unlimited content. There's an element of that to this game as well, which I was surprised by. I, d- I didn't expect that. But the side quests in this, as opposed to being, like, one or two battles, tend to be these gigantic multi-level dungeons. Yeah. Um, And there's also a post-story kind of coda uh, yeah. thing that I might fuck around with. To put this into perspective in terms of, like... You know, just full transparency in terms of network work and mm-hmm. such. Um, I did three three runups of this game because I, I kept, fucked myself into other into problems. Yeah. Uh, with it, and then uh, my final play clock with playing on an emulator where I could fast forward certain parts mm-hmm. um, was seventy hours. And then I imagine with the two runups before that, which were pretty significant, yeah. that's about how long I played. Um, you know, I originally <clears throat> had kind of grand plans to go back and do. Uh, you know, to be more completionist, to do Same. the coda, to do the other paths and such. And I just like, that's, that's, uh, those are Baldur's Gate 2. Yep. Figures. Like, that, that's, that, those, are, those are huge numbers of hours uh, for this. And I, I just, as much as, again, as I enjoy this on the balance, there's not enough variety in the battles right, right. Uh, of this to make that sound like a appealing proposition to me. Mm-hmm. Even though I enjoy this story and the skeleton of this is strong.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, lots of folks have made this their forever game going back through and doing different, uh, different kind of runs, you know, things like that, there are, there are mods that are available, uh, mm-hmm. for, for this that people asked us if we were going to do, you know, we're, we're kind of taking the most basic approach to this. So if you're the kind of person who feels like the, the, the hair on the back of your neck will stand up if we, if we miss a, a recruitment or if we miss date a particular detail, Un- understand that we are coming up you know, this is both of our first times playing it and even though we're both putting in 50 plus hours you know that is a drop in the bucket compared to like what normally is thrown into this we're tourists. yeah
0: yeah i i feel like what what i brought to this you know in terms of like you know 70 hours it's a like a lot of hours man like <laughs> i i don't i don't feel like in any way that i did not put in the time for this it just was not uh this just didn't didn't end up grabbing me as the way it would have if I had played it uh, definitely on the Super Nintendo or even probably when it came out on PSP. Yeah. You know, it like an unlimited free time summer. This could have been an awesome, you know, forever uh, kind of thing where I just like went and got everything. Like I've done all the side quests in, in Final Fantasy Tactics. You know, yeah. yeah. Like I've played through that with mods, like that that kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, it just didn't grab me the same way, and it's it's de- more demanding. Like mm-hmm. it is longer. Uh, than those games like when I mentioned Disgaea like I was thinking about Disgaea uh, in relation to this because there aren't that many tactics games like this and I really wish I liked those more
1: yeah yeah which the, because the flavor in that is poison but the play is actually yeah, pretty it, good yeah.
0: The play is good, and but I, they also have this problem of like extreme maximalism, right, right, to them, where it's like you can go through the basic game and that's fine, and then you want to do the alternate stuff, and you have to like do the hundred level dungeons that are part of your sword to get your sword to plus one and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of stuff, I uh, you know, I like it. It's, I like that it's exists. It's optional. Mm-hmm. I'm never really going to engage with it though, and I, I couldn't shake the feeling from those cleaned together that I was somehow like enjoying it wrong yeah. or that i was uh do it as like oh this would if i had engaged with those systems a little deeper then this would grab me like i kept getting like lucy in the football a little bit yeah, yeah about this because i had uh really high expectations yeah uh, extremely unfairly <laughs> high expectations for this game right. uh, that were not not fair to a super Nintendo port yeah but
1: yeah well, you know, both of us love Final Fantasy Tactics. You know, I will I will uh, yeah, see to you that you love it more than Fantasy I do. Tactics. But it's you know, up there. It's one Go of my favorite on, games. Yeah.
0: No need to compete. Yeah. You know, it's just it's I absolutely love it. It's it's up there, you know, it's it's for like for a long time been my desert island game answer mm-hmm. because it is I feel like it's endlessly kind of challenge runnable and really deep and everything. And I was very excited with the idea of getting another one of those uh from Matsuno. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like the idea of like, oh, it's just going to basically be Final Fantasy Tactics again, like a real sequel, on like those advanced games, which I don't care for that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not it's it is like a port of a Super Nintendo game. It is a first draft of of that game. And there mm-hmm. are neat things it does that I think are really cool. Yeah. Uh, but it, it never, like, Final Fantasy Tactics to me the way I needed it to.
1: Yeah. To do
0: all this shit. We
1: should probably throw that on the caveat pile, which is, you know, people who like this game, um, you know, they sometimes fight it, fight it against Final Fantasy Tactics as though they're Pokemon, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, we are coming in this primarily from, um, you know, the, the point of experience of having played. And really enjoyed and internalized a lot of Final Fantasy Tactics and its systems. We're kind of assuming a viewer who has followed along with the show knows that we have covered Final Fantasy t- Tactics before, knows what that's about. And we're, you know, we're going to talk about it from that perspective because that's the comparison that, like, you know, draws what Tactics Ogre is doing specifically into the sharpest relief for
2: us.
0: Yeah, for us personally, it doesn't have to – we understand cause, how causality works. We yes. understand this game first. So I'm not giving Final Fantasy Tactics any credit for, like, being right. the first man on the moon for the shit. I also – I have no disdain for people who prefer this. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that this does better. Mm-hmm. Than than Final Fantasy, even though I think it is overall, I think it is a weaker game. I think there are things it does better that are interesting, and I would love to have them like fused together as a real Final Fantasy Tactics 2. Yes, you know? Final Yeah? Final Fantasy Tactics Ogre, <laughs> you know, and just like portmanteau them shits into a uh, supreme yes. game.
1: Take yeah. t- take the best parts of all and uh, and and put them together. I can't think yeah. of anything more for the don't yell at us segment.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's, it's not even like I am. I don't want to – I'm not worried about being yelled at because I imagine most people's experiences, they don't know what the fuck this is. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's pretty obscure. It's more that I have this feeling of guilt of, like, not being a good enough fan of this genre and creator. Right, right. During it, you know, that I'm trying to, like, grapple with, which is a, a dumb and unhealthy impulse. <laughs> but, you know, what am <laughs> Matt I about cannot fail. Of,
1: he can only be failed, okay?
0: <laughs> of, what am I about a collection of dumb and – Uh, Dumb impulses, (laughs) you know, dumb and unhealthy impulses. So uh, the basic premise of this is you play as a character named uh, Denim Pavel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you are leading this liberation kind of military force caught in the middle of this continent-spanning struggle uh, during a succession crisis. Right. Uh,
1: you're caught between two different empires and their proxy warriors uh, and, and forces and all of the civilians who are also rising up. Uh, and it is classic Mazzino style stuff. Um, yes. As we alluded to, you know this plays similarly to uh, Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, which is actually a spiritual successor. A successor uh to this game mm-hmm. like we said we're going to use that as a uh as a point of comparison but understand when we say that you're controlling a squad of uni- uh, units on this isometric grid you're fighting against enemy units um and attempting to accomplish your uh, your mission objectives while losing as few of your people as possible
0: yep extremely uh dnd 3.5 yes like you get a move and an action and mm-hmm. then also like a feat yeah you know uh so if you played dnd i always have secretly thought final fantasy tactics was a great DD and d adaptation
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, kind of thing. Um, so there are a couple of immediately noticeable differences. We're probably not going to catch all of these, and because there are different versions, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about the differences between Final Fantasy Tactics, but we understand these are also different in the PlayStation and Super Nintendo version.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so something that's noticeable and notable mm-hmm. uh, is that you cannot rotate the maps. Right. Um, you instead can look at them from overhead, which is nice. Mm-hmm. But you cannot rotate them, which is a a counterintuitive thing. What makes a bigger difference in the kind of the the general feel and pacing of the game is that there are way more units on each side. Right. Um, Frequently, you are fielding twelve units versus fourteen to fifteen units Mm -hmm. against the enemy side, which will also replenish. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, either um, they'll uh, they'll get back up if they're undead, or they will summon in new ones, uh, things like that. The battles in this feel substantially longer um, as a result,
0: and, and there are actually like a lot of things that contribute to that. Like, yes, we're gonna you know we're gonna do the watch out for fireballs thing where we spend a lot of time in this generality section, mm-hmm. so later we can say. It's a Final you know, it's a Tactics Ogre-esque uh, battle. <laughs> right. You know, so in terms of, like, battle generalities and mm-hmm. such, uh, huge numbers. Um, you start further away no. from the enemy, and you know, I have a, a fairly recent Final Fantasy Tactics playthrough under my belt.
1: Yeah, you did uh, one so for, uh, just, for the blog or a show, right?
0: Uh, no, just for funzos. Just for funzos? Just oh, on, um,
1: no, you, you did a, uh, like, you presents talking about it. I remember that.
0: No, yeah, I, I, I don't. Oh, okay. uh, so maybe I didn't record about it, but I, I thought <laughs> yeah. I just did it for fun. Um, but you start further away. Uh, you oftentimes start uh, every once in a while in Final Fantasy Tactics. You would start at the bottom of a hill and the enemy would start at the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, that feels like the default to me yes. in Tactics Ogre. Yeah. Um, so you're often at a disadvantage. And then uh, perhaps the biggest difference, and you may have this as a later note, but just in terms of how battles are structured uh, that I want to mention, because it makes a really huge difference, is as opposed to uh, occasional battles where you have to kill a leader Mm -hmm. character, and most battles being you have to clear the map, it is almost every battle uh, is kill the leader. Yes, And and this also makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of pacing and how the battles feel Mm -hmm. uh, of this, where you are kind of, uh, you know, there's reasons to... To kill the the rebel but you're kind of wasting your time when you're not just going for the the alpha strike
4: yeah, yeah. and things
0: and it totally changes how you play mm-hmm. like there are a lot of like different defensive moves and defensive spells and such that yeah. i did not end up using very much because <laughs> the, the the most effective strategy was just like rush the dude
1: yeah yeah don't don't give them uh, time to set up their own advantage using those skills
0: yeah just just go for the guy and you know, battles, they would be short, shorter than Final Fantasy Tactics if they weren't a thousand people long and you didn't start a mile away from the opponent.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, think about those things combining together. You are downhill oftentimes from a large force. The unit, uh, the leader unit is leading from behind um, and mm-hmm. oftentimes they are set up in such a way that you have to get through a bottleneck uh, to get to them. Um, and yeah, like that, that, that is, you know, that that accounts for a good number of the maps. So even if you are going for a decapitation, you still have to deal with a lot of the rabble in order to make that
0: happen. Yeah. So this ended up being a thing that had huge tendrils, uh, in terms of changing my strategy, because in playing Final Fantasy Tactics, uh, a winning strategy is to... Uh, kind of move slowly and carefully, and take enemies out one by one mm-hmm. and there are multiple things in this game that kind of prevent you from doing that um, the reinforcements being the biggest one, mm-hmm. uh but also just the fact that it it is enemies are like far apart but or like you're far from the enemy, but you're also clumped together, yeah like it's really hard to draw on enemy Mm-hmm. you know you tend to draw all of them there's this is a long winded way of me trying to articulate the reason why I think that these encounters are worse are designed worse, yeah. Than the the FFT ones, and I, I just you know there's reasons behind it. It's not just a feeling, you know. And I and I want to get those out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're they're designed for more of a for more of a rigor and to feel like more of a stalemate, as opposed to you know something where a particularly canny amount of preparation, you know, coming into a battle with a particular skill. Or a particular combination of classes, um, feels like it would immediately break that when you went into Final Fantasy Tactics, um, you know, yeah. a similar battle, uh, there, uh, similarly, like at the low level and even, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I haven't beaten this. I'm in the middle of chapter three right now. Uh, Gary, you, you have beaten it. Um, it kind of feels like you're always at like a numerical or statistical disadvantage, um. you know i'm trying to and i am constantly doing detective work to figure out why my attacks do less damage to them than their attacks do to me and also why they have why they have more hp like it feels like taking down you know the time to kill for any individual unit involves like using most of the people on my side in order to, to take them out and i've tried any number of you know combinations of skills and weapons, and you know keeping things upgraded. So I think I think that time to kill is also a really big factor here.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, enemies are are harder. Uh, there are more of them. Essentially, like you know, getting down into base strategy. The way that I circumvented that, and the name of the game uh, in this game that ended up being very different than Final Fantasy Tactics was uh, charm, sleep, and petrify. Debuffs, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah that, not even, deb- like, taking people out of the action. Yeah, yeah. Like, a debuff was good, like, lowering somebody's strength. But I had, like, I just, oh, like, I have an 80% chance to petrify. That's <laughs> like, yeah. why wouldn't, and, and petrify four of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just became about kind of juggling, which, you, you know, so I would still have most of my guy, you know, take a while to wear somebody yeah, down. Yeah. But I would try to take as many of their pieces off the board temporarily. Right. As I could uh, through that. And then just charm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I ended up ending this game. You know, we'll talk about the class system, which I have a lot of uh, nitpicks with. But I ended up ending this with three wizards, uh, <laughs> all of which who could cast charm yeah. in my main party. So just like it was just turn the tide. Mm-hmm. Like use use that against them. Like use yeah. the fact that they are stronger and do more damage than me against them mm-hmm. and that's that's what ended up making it work
1: yeah yeah um uh the, the, that sense of disadvantage also is not necessarily a product of under of under leveling because the enemies do uh, scale with you as it goes yeah
0: yeah yeah um there there's a way to keep even further ahead of that curve two ways uh either <clears throat> through crafting or through like recruiting and uh stealing weapons from people mm-hmm. uh both systems i engage with a bit but i you know Again, I have, I have nitpicks with, and, and mm-hmm. you know, this is going to be a nitpick thing. And I just want to, I, I want to justify my feeling that this is not as good as Final Fantasy Tactics. Like there are concrete reasons it is not just whichever one you play first mm-hmm. you like.
3: Yeah.
0: Um. There is a really complicated initiative system
3: mm-hmm.
0: in this game. Uh, your characters have a value called WT, and your WT is influenced by what armor you're wearing and what your agility score is mm-hmm. and what actions you take. So uh, this thing con- counts down to zero. Um, once it gets to zero, you get to move. And then depending on what you did, it resets to a certain degree. So there's an advantage to, uh, you know, it's not like, hey, I may as well throw a rock because I may as well throw a rock. Mm-hmm. No, nope, you know, don't throw that rock because you will. your next turn will come up sooner. And if you don't do anything, your next turn will come up. Quite a bit sooner. Yeah. yeah. Um. Th- I think the system is great. I think yeah. this is uh, really cool. Um. It incentivizes light armor in a way that has never been incentivized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in tactics stuff before. Uh-huh. Uh This is good.
1: Yeah. For me. Um. I really enjoy gaming this. Like the second that I realized that I was making a decision to just just wait for wait for a quicker to, quicker turn to come around, it made me think about battles in a different way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and you can just stop and check the order. Mm-hmm. That everything is happening. Um a lot there's no weight mm-hmm. or anything like that. So there's no skills that take a second to go. Everything fires at once.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, which means that you don't have to deal with the like aim problem in right. of tactics where you, you know, uh and you can check this order whenever you like.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like on the screen. you've got icons down at the bottom that are color coded showing kind of the uh the running order. Kind of like a, you mm-hmm. know, Final Fantasy ten or uh, uh child of light, any yeah, yeah. of those. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really good. Like this this is a really good system.
1: Yeah. Um, like we said, you can move and act in any particular order. This is not something like, uh, you know, like XCOM, uh, that will, uh, Mm -hmm. penalize you if you attack first, things like that. So you have a good amount of, uh, flexibility, um, as it, as it goes, um, or, you know, just choose to choose to wait. You can do that as well. Um, the MP and TP system is really interesting and counterintuitive. And I found myself actually kind of liking it a lot. Um, so what happens is you start out with zero MP, uh, and zero TP, uh, TP being like what? Technical points, something like that. Tactics points. Tactics points. There we go. Um, so for most characters, uh, that are not magic, like if they're using kind of like a, like a, like a weapon skill you know, a special kind of attack or um, even like uh, like recruit and things like that. Uh, all of those have a TP point associated with them. Uh, you start at zero at the beginning of a battle. Um, and, that raises, uh, with, uh, d- over the course of your turns or with each successful action, um, in, uh, in terms of TP. So, yeah. you, you know, you're either using, <laughs> instead of using your recovery items, uh, later on in the battle to like recover from a deficit, like using one of those early on, um, as an action will let you jump the curve and use more powerful stuff, um, against the enemy if they are just waiting for that to come up naturally.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, like, uh tp is kind of like limit break
1: yeah yeah uh,
0: meter almost like it it goes up a little bit each turn but it mostly goes up from hitting and being hit mm-hmm. uh whereas mp comes up, goes up at a steady rate and you have an item that will increase mp but um if there's one that increases tp i didn't see it mm-hmm. uh there's a billion items in this game <laughs> yeah um,
1: um and and are, uh, some of them are pretty misleadingly named
0: actually yeah, yeah. Like a, a million items, a million status effects, a, a mm-hmm. different item for each of those status effects. Yeah, I know. Uh, So the, the, these ended up being, I I thought this was interesting as well. Mm-hmm. The MP a little bit less so because uh, the fact that I was starting so far away from the enemy just meant, mm-hmm. oh, on my first turn, I just eat, a, you know, a, a magic leaf
3: mm-hmm.
0: and get my MP up. It didn't feel strategic. It just felt like part of the order of operations. Yeah, it just felt
1: they were guarding um, yeah
0: the uh the tp part though is interesting because it kind of feels like a sudden death mechanic almost like yeah. everybody is going up everybody's tp is going up and eventually you and your opponent are going to start being able to do much more hard hitting moves mhm you know, uh, it kind of it lends itself to this escalation feeling mm-hmm. uh, that I think is pretty neat.
1: Yeah, and that culminates in these finishing moves that you can do, uh, which are pretty devastating. It, you know, changes depending yeah. on the class uh, the, the the that a person has. It usually uses 100 plus TP. Yeah, uh, the TV? weapon, I think. The weapon, okay, exactly. there
2: we go. Yeah,
0: yeah and it, it's always 100, and it, it uses all of it. So you have right. to have 100 minimum, uh, but it, it wipes out your TP, and mm-hmm. a lot of the skills scale with how much TP you end up using. Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah so the, the, and these are as you mentioned these are uh big big weapons um the way that uh i would love to find somewhere like a real deep dive on the math and damage resistance yeah of uh enemies like the end boss of this game i could only really damage them with finishing moves <laughs> uh i could do mention a little bit with other things but i was yeah. just like man like what is the uh the, is this some like dragon's dogma broken you know armor oh, resistance yeah. kind yeah. of stuff um, the math behind it is goofy, mm-hmm. uh, but it's nice when you get to that a hundred points, uh, and you get to, uh, you know, take a, take a unit off the field. Like a lot of the time,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, not always, but it ends up, uh, but they're going to do that against you as well. Right. So, yeah. um, there's more to the battle system, uh, which we will, that will trickle out over these couple episodes. Um, it's very complicated Mm -hmm. Uh, and you know you generally uh in order to hit you want to flank and do back shots Um, height advantage is very important especially Mm -hmm. for range characters and then focusing fire is hugely important even though again that is undercut by the fact that many battles feature reinforcements yes um so you you do have to focus fire if you want to take anybody off the board i ended up finding it much more effective to temporarily take them off the board and then go for that uh decapitation yes yeah
1: Um, this is a little bit undercut, uh, by the presence of guest party members who act entirely on their own. Uh, you can do a, like a very limited amount of like AI customization for your own characters. I never found a way to do this with guest party members. The only way I found to like direct what they could and could not do was to just like change the skills and items they had equipped.
0: Yeah. And you can't change their job. Right. Uh, they, w- they won't do it. They're like, I, I I actually love the little message. Like, actually, I can take care of myself. <laughs> because it's a very funny thing to be like, you're a princess now. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, hold up. <laughs> you know? Like, I get a say in this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Like, how, how do you feel about, uh, you know, being a beast trainer? Mm-hmm. Ah, not great. Like, I, No. <laughs> I'd prefer not, you know, and, uh, I was born a rune fencer
1: and I'm going to die a rune fencer (laughs) many,
0: many times. (laughs) my, My family have always been rune fencers. Um, the, uh, I thought you were a cleric. No, I'm a priest. Get it fucking right. Um, so the, uh, but yeah, they, they will, they will fight back on that. Uh, and it means, uh, guest characters are really weird because I never quite determined typically when they die, they don't, there's no penalty. They just leave the battle. Right. Uh, and I could never tell how meaningfully they were contributing to my unit cap, yeah. because your unit cap vacillates, what feels extremely arbitrarily.
1: Yeah, it'll go from uh, like as low as six to as high as twelve for for like for no reason, like like different caps yes. on different caps on the same map. It almost felt like.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you if you go back and do a random encounter. In a map, it'll be different. So at I, first I was like, I don't like guests because they're taking up slots, but they don't take up slots. Like you can do – there's a battle at some point in the Chaos route where I think you field all 12 units and you have a guest. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh,
0: you know, so it's just like, man, they're fucking weird. They don't do what you want them to do mm-hmm. uh, at all. Look at uh, you, uh, and they're Kachua. not super helpful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Kachua, Kachua is not uh, not great uh, in terms of mechanics of this. Yeah. Um. The, uh, so the way that, uh, all characters work, uh, including your guest, is that, uh, they have different classes. You can't assign your guest classes, but you can assign your character's classes. Um, and this determines which, uh, skills they have access to mm-hmm. and what gear they can equip. And we're gonna camp out here for a while because this is a really big difference in Final Fantasy Tactics and is a really big part of the game. Yes. Uh, really different than how final fantasy tactics works um advantages and disadvantages to that in my opinion mm-hmm. and uh yeah this this is what threw me and took me the longest to get used to right
1: so again drawing comparisons to final fantasy tactics well let I me mean, let's let's start the big one here not having the yeah. uh the libretto of final fantasy theming uh does make a big difference for this
0: yes what is a rune fencer don't know. Like I see, you know, yeah. What, and and the female form of the Rune Fencer is a Valkyrie, right? You know, what what does that mean? Like a dragoon in this means something totally different. Like mm-hmm. you get the same name, but it doesn't mean yeah, what a what yeah. a Final Fantasy version is.
1: Yeah, this um, it is, this is not a problem inherent to this game. It is bad. You know, I do. It does not feel fair to hold it against that, but it is a problem when you are moving from one to the other, and illustrates kind of how important that uh, you know understanding what terms meant in that particular world um, That was pretty important knowing that difference yeah
0: Yeah. I missed it a lot and and you see also uh, the Chocobo dungeon
1: right
4: right
0: game which took a Final Fantasy skin and put it on roguelikes and Mm -hmm. doing that kind of libretto is really important because it's like I know what a Faraga is (laughs) you know I just I inherently know that there's there's things I will never learn in my life there are Mm -hmm. lovers who I will forget uh, (laughs) because that space in my brain (laughs) is dedicated to knowing that Faraga is better than Ferrara (laughs) And both of those are nonsense words. Yep. Farag
1: is the boss. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Farag. That one's (laughs) the big one. Yeah. You know, uh, so that – and, oh, flare is better. Those Mm -hmm. those, words don't mean anything. Right, right. But I just just have that in in my brain uh, instead of more useful things. Yeah. And now I have this whole other set Mm -hmm. of my brain where I know what the difference is between meteor storm and, like, dark bullet or whatever. (laughs) Because I had to to learn a whole new thing.
1: Yeah, but understand we're not holding this against the game. It was part of our growing pains getting into this and, you know – uh, l- learning the particular ways that Tactics Ogre uses uh, particular words that yes. we may have had we may have associated different meanings with. More substantially, um, while in Final Fantasy Tactics, you unlocked classes by um, gaining levels in kind of more basic classes. You know, uh, like starting tree. yeah, yeah, it's like a tech tree. You know, start starting with uh, you know your your squire and your chemist and branching out. Uh, you know, from you know physical and ranged from there. Here. Um, that is not the case. It is not a tech tree. There are no dependencies. Instead, you find class marks, um, or class writs. I forget which one it's called. I, when I was marks, they're marks. Yes.
0: And the, the the only, there are dependencies, but they're not, uh, character build dependent. They're alignment dependent. Yes. Uh, so there are, but there's no, no class thing. So Mm -hmm. the idea is, uh, as soon as, uh, either you find like a, a beast master or a beast tamer, Mm -hmm. um, class mark either in the wild or from a battle or from like recruiting like a store uh, one of yeah. Those char- yeah store or anything like that um then you now can turn a character but that is, that is a resource that's a mm-hmm. consumable
2: yeah
0: uh to do that uh for one um and uh for two this also, like, I understand why someone might prefer this because mm-hmm. it's, it's in lesson, it's more, it's more intuitive. Like I have the card, I can make the class. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but eliminating the relationship between those classes that ended up being something that was really counterintuitive to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. uh, in, in FFT, like there's something where it's like, okay, a mage. Then leads into a more advanced, complicated form of mage
1: or a more specialized one, like going from Our, a mage to a uh, to a time mage, right? like yes. you're going from doing direct damage to actually manipulating the flow of battle
0: yeah you know, or go, or going to uh, an oracle mm-hmm. you know and doing debuffs and such, and it felt like uh, a way that a character might learn like I just you know can create fire. it's a very basic. Spell. And then I learned these more complicated tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Here you're kind of jumping all over the place. So like you don't have to uh, remember like, oh, it's, it's, you know, you don't have to put in your time as an archer. (laughs) Right. Your your time as a thief or whatever. Yeah. uh, This way. But it ended up making, it contributed to these classes having no meaning to me. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and not really understanding, not just because I didn't have Final Fantasy tactics to compare them to, but because they're just words. It's like it, it became kind of a noun soup thing. Yeah. With Valkyries and Holy Knights and Priest versus mm-hmm. Clerics. And yeah. stuff like that.
1: And, and I think that 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 has not helped. That sense of kind of like sameness across them has not helped by the fact that the majority of the skills that you can get are common between all
0: of the classes. That's huge. yeah. Like, it is so hard to tell what the unique selling point of a class is,
1: right? Right.
0: In this uh, this game, from glancing at it, or mm-hmm. even from changing into it, because uh, most of the skills are shared, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, your advanced skills will not show up even to purchase, right? Uh, until like there's like two tiers. There's like it appears on your list, and then mm-hmm. you can buy it.
1: Yeah, like you have to be within like three or five levels of the prerequisite to see that it's coming yeah. down the pike.
0: Yeah. So, like, if I switch to a beast tamer, mm-hmm. I have no idea what is good about this. I can look at the stats, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they later get, like, <clears throat> a really cool skill. Yeah. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas opposed to the whole palette being really different in yeah. the support skills in, in FFT, where, like, oh, the oracle, like, the uh, the, the magic mm-hmm. that the, the oracle does is just not shared by anybody. Sometimes you get some of the same effects, but these are all unique spells of that class. They're the only class that can do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I, like I understand that. yeah, you know uh, <clears throat> and and this was a big contributing factor to my number one kind of bugbear uh, with this is that I uh, used a lot of the uh, opening classes forever because classes level together mm-hmm. Um, which means that like, you know, when you have a, so the way it works is the more of a specific class you bring into battle, the more XP that class gets. Right. Um, so if you bring a knight into battle, um, you know, it gets so much XP. If you bring two knights into battle, it gets more XP. And then every time you create a knight, it will be that level. Right. Um, that's cool. What is not cool though. And what powerfully discouraged me from having a cool variety of moves in my team Mm -hmm. was the fact that, uh, characters start at level one. Right. Uh, or classes, rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had no idea what they would be like when they were level 10
3: mm-hmm.
0: or level 15 or 20. I couldn't figure out what their unique selling point. And it is uh, because it relates to the job thing, it's worth mm-hmm. saying here, even though it plays in the pace. Uh, this game is so grindy. Like, yeah. <laughs> if, if, if you want to, like, you get a new class, you want to play with it,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, not only do you not get a chance to see what it will do right away, It takes forever for like a new class to become viable.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, when you when you take them into a battle, you know, and you'll you know, I found myself wanting to take them into a random battle as opposed to kind of gambling them on a um on a story battle, because well, story battles it's a are tougher. a hard
0: game too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you being down a character just for training mm-hmm. is a big deal.
1: Yeah, so you know. you know, end up taking them into a random battle and such, and yeah, you know, be- because of the way experience points and level, you know, like level totals work, the the first few will be pretty quick, but eventually, as they get closer to the curve, they're going to still be substantially lagging behind, you know, everybody, everybody else. Um, as it goes, yeah. there are a few ways that you can manage it, but it still has you doing. Many, many more fights, you know, either down a person or, you know, additionally with, you know, this character that you're training up and it really discourages and kind of takes a lot of the joy about out of unlocking a new class, Um, you know, uh, which should be a really, really, you know. good important like big moment like oh my god whole new possibilities are open for me you just didn't feel that when it happened
0: yeah yeah i I took zero joy like once i figured this out it basically and we've done final fantasy tactics and final fantasy 5 yes you know on on the show and like those uh i'm not a big final fantasy 5 fan but it was real fun to get new classes yeah yeah in that and you got a bunch of them at once
2: and
4: yeah
0: yeah it was neat um, you know, here it just the experience is like all my guys are level 8. I've unlocked a level 1 class. That character, you know, the first time I battle with them, they maybe mm-hmm. get up to level 3 or something. Yeah. Uh level 3 or 4, and then it gets slows down to a crawl. Uh and the biggest uh thing, so all these things uh we're kind of all over the place because these things tie into each other. Yeah, no. It wouldn't be that big a deal uh for the character to be low leveled if they could just use the equipment that's for that class yeah but they level gate equipment as well yeah so your character you know you're already kind of under the gun in terms of efficacy of damage you know i've got a beast tamer i throw my beast tamer out there Mm -hmm. he can only use like a dagger or a short bow Mm -hmm. you know or what have you he can only use the worst weapons and armor so he dies in like one or two hits he cannot damage the enemy like (laughs) right Near the, near the mid game of this, when I was around like level 12 or 13, when I was trying, that was the last time I was trying to train people up, Right. they would not do more than one damage to the enemy. If they hit, if they hit. Yeah. They would miss all the time. So I'm like, okay, this guy's worthless. Mm-hmm. Like he just, it's just a tax, uh, person tax to train them. Mm-hmm. So then I was like, how long will that take? Yeah. Uh, and the answer is like 10 battles <laughs> to get them up to the level of the rest of your crew. Yeah. Uh, and 10, ten, ten be, battles
1: when a chapter yeah. is like 15 battles. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah. It's it is it's silly. This yeah. is a silly system. <laughs> um and the the way around it feels so obvious, which is just make uh, new classes start at an average of all your classes. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Or untie equipment. Mm-hmm. Like no level no level restrictions for equipment, just do that with shops, like they become available. Yeah. Uh at a certain point. But like a a, a rune fencer can always equip every, you know, uh mm-hmm. weapon every short, every uh, long short period. Yes. And you know, so that way if I have a level one rune fencer, mm-hmm. yeah, he's not going to have very many abilities. Yeah. Um, and the abilities tie into stats as well. Like we'll have to talk about that at some point too. This yeah. is connected. I'm like Charlie <laughs> at the board, um, but the, the uh, you know, so it's like not only, he's not gonna have all the skills, but he can at least just be like a fighter. Right. You know, and, and that's what happens again in final fantasy tactics. Like I have created a new Oracle, the oracle does not have a lot of spells, like but mm-hmm. they'll always start out with enough JP to learn their bread and butter spell. Yeah. So this oracle oracle can blind people at a distance, but they can use the rods and robes that everyone else can use to be as uh, durable and mm-hmm. uh, martially effective as every other member of my party.
1: Yeah. Um, additionally, with the way the job system works, you could bring over a secondary skill that they may have trained up in. You That's know, 100. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. And here there's a little bit of that, Mm -hmm. like you can, uh, but there's nothing that indicates it. Mm
3: -hmm. Like
0: instead of, uh, having a a main skill and a secondary skill, you just have, uh, at the end, 10 skill slots Mm -hmm. that are just open. Um, some skills, so like a ninja can equip some of the night skills, but I couldn't find anything in game that told me what they were. Mm -hmm. I guess like when you hold a square and press over, yeah. You get all those symbols, but I didn't recognize all the classes just by the icons, so that was mm-hmm. a little bit difficult. Um, so there is a way of kind of cross-classing and doing multi-classing like that, but it doesn't, uh, it's not very free form. Yeah. You know, it's not like you're just kind of free to say like, oh, I want to make a <clears throat> healer who fires bows. Mm-hmm. And uh And you can sometimes do that, but it's really hard to tell that you can do it. Right. In this.
1: Yeah. So charting a path for any of your individual characters um, ends up being something that you do with a dearth of information, unless you are relying on on outside sources. Um, I have the, I, I got the Brady Games strategy guide for this mm-hmm. uh, several months ago, actually, when I was looking at like how how to plan this game out because information about specifically what each chapter entails is pretty hard to find. Um, mm-hmm. and now that I'm playing the game, I know why that is, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and that's pretty useful, but it's a lot of, you know, very small type tables, uh, that are available here. Uh, it's a very yeah. complex game, you know?
0: Yep. 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 Um, you know, so there, there's that class, uh, issue where everything levels together. Change mm-hmm. are <laughs> equip, um, win an enemy. So if you send a knight into battle, the knight class will get a certain amount of XP. Mm-hmm. You also get skill points. This is based on your actions. Yes. So this is the only thing tugging you in the direction of doing more fights before you decapitate the leader mm-hmm. of, of a thing is the more things you do, uh, the more skill points you'll get. This is the only reason why you'd throw a rock. Right. You know, if you want to do, do rock training.
1: Either that or to build um, up TP um, for a particular yeah. character. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. You can hit somebody with a rock to get them closer to a limit break. Mm-hmm. Like get to minsk break out of the cell kind of thing. <laughs>
3: um,
0: these things are used to buy skills and then also to buy skill slots. Mm-hmm. So you start off with only a couple of skill slots and uh, the skills, you know, are uh, many of which are common. They really vary. And a lot of them are things that I feel like should be class markers.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: you know, should just be part of the class.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so things like weapon proficiency. Yeah. Is a skill. Uh, You know, if you want, you can use a hammer if you're a knight. (laughs) If you want to be okay at it, you want to have the hammer proficiency um, and then also a host of passive skills that increase your two hit and damage.
1: Yeah. True strike, uh, you know, damage equipments or damage enhancements. Yeah. 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 Uh then there are like bonuses against particular kinds of targets, which leads to, you know, one of the first skills you end up giving everybody being anatomy because you primarily only fight humans.
0: Yeah. The the beast stuff in this is really weird. Yeah. Um I feel my understanding is it's much a much bigger and more important part of like the bonus
2: yes. stuff. Yeah.
0: Uh in the game. But as is uh, you know, Mm-hmm. Every battle has humans, <laughs> yep. uh, you know, so you may as well do anatomy for that bonus damage. And there is a little bit of, um, you know, opportunity cost to that because you do have a limited number of slots mm-hmm. and everything takes a slot. So right. um, not only these skills, not only uh, your finisher moves do not, those right, come from your right. weapon, but everything else does. Um, and then uh, magic schools, of which there are many, mm-hmm. um, are also each tied to a skill like take a skill slot to use them, and then also uh, a skill slot to make them effective, right, like you know <laughs> putting your affiliation or whatever for dark
1: right, right, uh yeah, so we you know we talk about magic schools that's primarily uh by uh by by element, so divine, mm-hmm. dark, and then fire wind, ice, uh any number of those uh a number wow. of those there. My understanding is that the only one of those schools of magic that is like really bad is water. Um, you know, and within each, within each of these, you know, there's very, there was very little like, oh, I need to pick the right element to do the most damage to the enemy. Uh, what ended up being the case was like individual, um, uh, schools of magic or elements had different buffs and buffs, debuffs and, um, oh gosh, uh, status, status effects associated with them.
0: Yeah. Afflictions. Yeah. And such. Yeah, this um, actually reminds me a lot of how I approach magic and divinity original sin 2. Yeah. Which is that my mages would choose, like, two elements to be a a specialist in, Mm -hmm. you know, and then uh, would do that. So, like, you're not making a mage who just does all magic. You're making a lightning fire mage. Yes. You know, and a lot of those things are just direct damage of Mm -hmm. various uh, shapes and intensities. Um, there's a, there's a specific, there's direct, uh, magic that just appears where the enemy is. And then there's one that's a projectile. Mm-hmm. So your, your units can get in the way. Um, so there's lots of that. And then there's various statuses and these tend to actually overlap between Yo. things, but different, dev- different elements tend to be better at them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So for example, um, in the dark element, you can petrify a single enemy, but in the earth element, you can petrify a group.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, in the dark element, you can put one enemy to sleep, but in the air element, I can put to sleep a group. Yes. Um. So you kind of basically have to choose. You know, you're going to get all these debuffs and status afflictions. Basically, you're just going to choose which ones you want to concentrate on. Mm-hmm. Um. And engaging with this and these characters ended up being some of my most effective and like most fun that I had. Yeah. Um. I do like that magic system in this. I like how uh, how many spells there are. Mm-hmm. I like how varied they are.
1: Yeah. And, um, I really like how you learn the spells too. the fact that you either pick up or buy these arcana, um, and the fact that everybody can use them in battle, um, at, like, yeah, there's scrolls like items. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, when you use it, uh, like that will, that will both affect, you know, it'll cast the spell, but also, um, teach that to the character who, who uses it. So like <laughs> <laughs> using them in the menu between battles ended up being kind of a waste,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason why you would you would ever do that is to not fiddle with it. Yeah. Like uh there were there are a lot of suboptimal things I did in this game in order to to fiddle less. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and that was one of them. Um that scroll thing is actually really huge though because it's it's still dependent on your stats. <laughs> right. So like you're not you know, your warrior is maybe not going to be great at casting a mm-hmm. uh, lightning bolt. But for spells that are just kind of uh, binary, uh, they're really great, specifically exorcism, which ended up being a huge pain in the dick in this game. And uh, (laughs) just having a bunch of, you know, grinding enough to have a bunch of money to have a bunch of exorcism scrolls Mm -hmm. uh, ended up being very useful.
1: Yeah. You know, talking about like like uh classes and base stats before we kind of move on to you know to other things, you know, we talk about how you know, as you find the class marks, uh you can freely move from one to the other because there are not these dependencies outside of outside of alignment. Um there still is a bit of a like a dependency though. There still is like uh, you know, a way that your past choices can affect how effective you'll be in the future because uh, the time that you spend as a particular class will affect your base stats. So, like, you cannot yes. have a character spend the entire the entire game as a as a knight and then switch them over to be a wizard and expect them to be as effective as somebody who has been uh you know leveling up magic classes the full time.
0: Yeah, and you don't know what would be the advantage of that because you may not be able to multitask. Yes, or uh, multi-class in that. So, like, mm-hmm. staying in your lane really felt like, the way to play this. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, my my, my uh, denim, you know, became a knight and mm-hmm. died a knight. You know, it was a knight, like, the, basically the entire time. Um, I'm sure that, you know, looking at it, there were classes with better stat growths and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't do the 10 levels to level them up. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other thing that's just a really minor point, but I want to mention about magic mm-hmm. uh, before we moved on from magic totally, is when I talk about the slow pace of this game, one of the more insidious things that contributes to that is that affliction magic can be multi-targeted or but recovery of that never can <laughs> yeah so, you're
1: right i never thought so of that yeah
0: <laughs> an enemy can go up if your enemies are if your characters are grouped together the enemy can come up and stun five of your enemies uh, <laughs> stun, stun is an effect that makes you have a 50 percent chance of uh fumbling and not doing an action it's like paralysis in pokemon yeah Yes, yeah. You can always move. You might do that. If you want to get rid of that, though, the white magic spell that gets rid of that only does it for one target. The items that get rid of it only do it for one target. So the enemy (laughs) has essentially taken away either half your turns if you decide to roll with it and just risk losing, Mm -hmm. you know, losing your action, or five actions from you. And same thing when you do it to them. Right, uh, you are taking so it just slows the pace way, way down, <laughs> like I can petrify five of your dudes, <laughs> and it's gonna take you a turn for every one of them you want to unpetrify, uh-huh, you know it's a really weird choice, yeah, uh, in this there's no uh asuna, there's no like pan- you know panacea right in right. terms of getting rid of all things either, so like you have to keep this larder of items and spells to get rid of these specific things that mm-hmm. are just huge in terms of action economy yeah, and cost.
1: Yeah, Just just to get your guys out of the penalty box. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like just a little move mm-hmm. because most of the uh, statuses like stun isn't, uh, you know, stun and then like debuffs, mm-hmm. you can still move through um, poison. Obviously you can move through, No, but most of the things, so sleep, charm, uh, petrify. Um, uh, what is the, the, the electricity one that just stops you from being able to act.
1: Oh, geez, I forget Um, it. I don't
0: know. Yeah. I I can't remember what that is. Um, but there's a bunch of them that are, they basically take you out.
1: Yeah. Uh, that ends up being a real problem, especially because you end up being kind of bunched up. Uh, you can move through friendly units. Um, however, Mm -hmm. uh, it will, uh, block you out of particular, uh, routes, uh, that you can move if, you know, somebody is standing at the far end of somebody else's, uh, you know, move, uh, move radius. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And your moves uh, tend to be like there are m- like mobile units in this game can move four, right. and most enemies can move three. Mm-hmm. So when you're fielding twelve units, and you have twelve units, they have to start all together, bunched up. You don't have a you know, you have a three by uh, four grid of them. Uh, those the unit in the lower right cannot move anywhere left uh, to the left. You know, at all, because there are three units in the way and you can't Mm -hmm. land on the same spot. Um, It's really restrictive. Yeah. And this would not be as big a thing if you could move a little bit further. Right. Um, There are move skills Mm -hmm. you can get. They're post-level 20, so they're Mm post-game content. Um, At the very last dungeon is when I started unlocking move skills for my characters who had been with me since the beginning uh, to get, like, plus, plus one move. Yeah. Um, you know, and that that was just wild to me. Um, there are items that do it as well, but I could not. Uh, I did not find them. Right. They also might be things that are in the post dungeons or whatever, or mm-hmm. New Game Plus. Yeah, yipes. Um, <laughs> the uh, you know, again, it's it's not like everything connects, mm-hmm. though. To just like and,
1: uh, and like that speaks change. to its credit, right? You know, it like it like system integration is a thing that is gen- generally very good, but like it also causes you know things that make a problem in one area to cascade out into other, other areas. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. Specifically in terms of like tedium and pacing with this game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, death is, uh, is, is handled differently here. Uh, so when an enemy mm-hmm. falls, uh, they will, uh, you know, if they're not story, if there's, if they're story important, they'll warp away. Um, but if they, you know, if they're, if they're going to die, they either leave behind a sack of their gear, um, or a tarot card that will bump up the stats of whoever grabs it. So I uh, think of like the crystals and Final Fantasy Tactics, which would te- teach you skills. This is you know stat bumps. Um, Enemies—it's it's also a consumable. Yes. So when you
0: pick up that tarot card, you also get like a limited use uh, consumable of yeah. that tarot card. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, enemies will uh, swoop in and steal these. Uh, every bag that is on the field will be kind of like thrown into your total at the end, as long as an enemy doesn't take it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and when we said uh, important story enemies would just disappear, um, the battles almost always end when you do that decapitation and yeah. kill the leader. Uh, so the idea is, you know, ideally, um, and we'll talk about recruitment at some point, too. Yeah. Fuck. Um, the, uh, <laughs> it's a big game, man. <laughs> if, if you want to recruit, the way you do that is you kill everyone except for mm-hmm. the the leader yep. and everything, which is difficult when, you know, like roughly a third of the battles, they bring in reinforcements. Mm-hmm um the uh so what else uh uh, so when they fall when you fall it's a little bit different yeah uh when you fall um you have a little three count you know Mm -hmm. as per final fantasy tactics where you can bring an enemy back but if they get down to zero uh they leave the battle they Mm -hmm. go off to recover their wounds and they can do this three times they have three little hearts yeah uh, those are the three three lives. If they fall on their last time, then you have this thing called scavenge mm-hmm. where you can kind of learn their skills as a, as a crystal. And people who are doing like the new game plus alternate dungeons in this mm-hmm. uh, manipulate this kind of thing. So they right. recruit characters, kill them three times <laughs> to scavenge their skills in order to get rare skills on characters yeah. or learn faster. Uh, nothing about that sounds faster <laughs> uh, to, to, to me. I, I I shudder to think about what the bonus dungeons of this are like if that's the kind of tactics that are required.
1: You should see the maps in this guide, man. <laughs> it's
0: really yeah, so, well, rough. I, I think I'm alright. I, I think I might end up being okay with the 70 hours I put in this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that is a weird system. It never happened. I never lost a unit permanently
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: in the game, um, in part uh, because of the chariot system.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. This is a uh, lot.
0: Yeah, I think this is great. Yeah, personally. Uh,
1: th- like th- this makes, this, so this is spe- uh, specific to the PSP version. Um, this makes this port feel like it is specifically meant for really hardcore people who are, who want to perform optimally to get to that post-game content. Um, because it feels like that's what you have to do in order to make sure that you get there with everything that you need. Um, so what the, what happens is uh, the game keeps a buffer of your fifty most recent turns, um, and anytime you're in control of one of your units, you can just press your shoulder button and kind of like roll back the timeline to like any previous turn. Um, so you can undo uh, kind of bad decisions that you may have made. The 50 turn limit, um, uh, it also takes into account enemy turns. So, you you know, you're not going back like to the beginning of the battle. Uh, but this is enough to make it be like, okay, well, yeah, that totally didn't work. When I attacked that guy, this move would have been better spent getting getting in position to like lure this other person out. Um, you know, so you're kind of like, this has saves coming built into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. that That's the thing I, I like about it. Like basically anything that makes something I could do, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a little bit easier, uh, I think is generally good. Yeah. You know, so you can, you can abuse this to the degree that you want. You can do it when you miss, you know, if you want, like I missed an attack, I'd rather do something different with that action. Yeah. Um, which is functionally not different than you quick saving. Mm-hmm. You know, and trying it again, which is something that you were allowed to do in Final Fantasy Tactics, even on the PlayStation, Mm -hmm. you know, it took 10, took a separate memory slot or whatever you do in battle saves, but different memory card, but you could do that. Um, I think this is really powerful and ends up being uh, really good during some of the later maps where there's instant death. Um, You know, there are ways to fall off the map.
1: Yeah, the cliffs.
0: Yeah. And that never felt good. And I was just like, well, you know, fuck that. I'm not going to just lose this guy. Uh, I will rewind this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think this is, uh, this is very good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's very kind.
0: Yeah. Um, there's some other kind of factors, some miscellaneous stuff that'll affect uh, how well you do in battle. Mm-hmm. Um, so luck is, uh, the weird outlier stat. Yeah. Uh, in this game and luck is a thing that, uh, I've never seen luck in a tabletop game presented this way. Um, you get bonus damage equal to the differential between you and your opponent's luck. Mm-hmm. So, like, a high luck build, like, not that you can really build for that kind of thing so much in this. Like, there are certain classes that yeah, have yeah. different luck growths, but um, can be really powerful mm-hmm. uh, in terms of damage. Um, and then there is also a weather system,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, which affects uh, characters of different alignments, uh, have more efficacy in different weathers. Yeah, uh, And characters of different elements have right. more efficacy.
1: Uh, additionally, like, inclement weather will affect uh, projectiles uh, as well. So yes. like archers end up being way less effective when it's raining, which means that playing this. So the weather moves in a defined cycle, um, as you go and you have items that will advance or retract, uh, which, which part of the cycle it's going to be in. And if you're in battle for long enough, um, it will cycle on its own.
0: Yeah. I thought this was neat and I never engaged with it. Right. Uh, I never changed the weather, and I never really noticed a big change uh in my efficacy uh,
1: there are There are a couple of battles where uh it starts off in heavy rain and using the item using the weather items like made enough of a difference for my three archers to uh mm. to do what they needed to do better, yeah. And then, like that was after like getting routed on my first try, going back and starting it again, and then changing my first move to be you know altering the weather, and that made the big difference.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I can I can imagine. I just didn't end up right having to do it. Or, or why won't you believe me, Gary? I do believe you. Okay, I just didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I, had, I just played a different play the game differently. <laughs> um, the uh, denim's alignment, uh, you know, seems like it would make like a really big difference. With this, mm-hmm. uh, it kind of, uh, what it basically does is affect an invisible stat called loyalty,
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: that your characters have, which changes whether they'll leave. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is tied into something called chaos frame, <laughs> uh, which your chaos frame uh, is, yeah, just, uh, is the name of how much the different factions uh-huh. like you, like reputation is a more accurate name for this right, right. Than, than chaos frame. Um, again, just taking a peek into the madness of like, people who do the high level stuff of this, mm-hmm. uh, the way that you adjust your chaos frame is by having uh, killing units
3: mm-hmm.
0: of a certain allegiance or uh, having units of your own die of a certain allegiance.
3: Yeah. yeah. So when
0: you're going for a specific chaos frame, because you want to recruit all the characters for no reason other than like and Pokemon reasons, yes. you know, there's, there's no reason to get everybody mm-hmm. other than see some extra lines of dialogue. Um, you are manipulating your chaos frame by recruiting Enemies that have certain alliances and then killing them, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of the weirdest things I can think of. Like, <laughs> So, like, you know, I am I am against Eurasia. Uh, I'm going to, you know, uh, get some people from that country uh, on my team. Let them kill people from another country to make Eurasia like me. Right. Or uh-huh. kill my Eurasians that I've hired uh-huh. to make Eurasia hate me to make another country like me. Yes. You know, it's it's real wild and complicated.
1: Yeah, uh, it's about as fiddly as you can get.
0: It's World Tendency. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, it's very like World Tendency vibes in terms of complication. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, all of this has been about uh, being inside battle. Um, and kind of the character development that affects those uh some stuff happens outside of battle uh you know primarily cutscenes uh in this. I love the cutscenes here, very good, wonderful expressive sprite animation uh it uh uh you know lives up to kind of this creative teams you know other kind of feats as well mm-hmm. uh and also you're going to be kind of navigating this world map from node to node
0: yes, uh anywhere that is not a town can have mm-hmm. a random battle. Uh, in it, but you can always retreat from these. That's great. Yeah. Uh, so you have to cross the map. Um, this is, feels borderline mandatory because a lot of the, uh, side quests have to do with kind of backtracking to areas you wouldn't intuitively backtrack to.
2: Yes.
0: Uh, some of which are hinted, uh, at these reports you get, uh, in the, in this, uh, this, the Warren report, uh, which you can, <laughs> you can such read. such a goofy name. Yeah. Very goofy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you can read to kind of get clues about these side quests but, yeah, but also <laughs> sometimes you just pop back to an area
3: right right
1: yeah. yeah uh so when you go to towns uh towns and castles and things like that uh you can buy new gear uh uh new gear uh is added to the towns uh to you to the shops uh at particular points in the uh in the story uh mm-hmm. so you know uh, if you want a, if you want to buy a really powerful uh, sword it's not going to open up until it's not going to become available until until later, um, something about buying gear that I really, really miss is the try-on system. Uh, mm-hmm. I I wish that they would have you know because the version we played was made after Final Fantasy Tactics. I wish that they would have recognized what a boon that system was for character outfitting and development.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, the auto, you know, so you had to buy things and just kind of. <laughs> you know typically the the progressions are linear, yeah uh, but there are exceptions to that, so mm-hmm. there are one handed and two handed weapons on the same path you know, I have a knight, this knight uses axes, you know um and you could reasonably say, I will take a less powerful you know not the most recently available. Two-handed axe, because I want a one-handed axe so I can use a shield. Yes. Right? Um, that That's a choice you can make. You can't really figure that out without the try-on system, mm-hmm. or not easily. And uh, worse than that, with magic, uh, items that boost your intelligence will do more to affect your magic damage than anything else. Right, right. Uh, so just being able to see, you know, this is how much damage I do if I was wearing this piece of equipment. Mm-hmm would just be huge. Yeah. Um, you know, it does not exist. And when you uh, auto equip people, there are different, uh, ways you can do it inside your own inventory. Yeah. So, like, I'm auto-equipping them for range. I'm auto-equipping them for healing, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a very smart system
1: yeah. that does so, that, though. Like what I found myself doing was, like, when I got to a shop, I would go in, see if new stuff was available. I would then go and look at my... go and look at what each of my guys had, and I would make a shopping list and go in and say, I need this many of this sword, this many of this mm-hmm. sword.
0: And you have to um, leave town to do that. You have to yeah. leave town to go back into. Uh, the menu <laughs> yep. for that, which is just uh, just absolutely wild. Yeah, yeah, wild. And minimum twelve characters. Yes. So at the at your most svelte, if mm-hmm. you're not recruiting a bunch of extra people, uh, twelve. You're doing yeah. this for twelve people. Mm-hmm. Um, gotta talk about crafting. Oh boy. My understanding is this was added. Yes. Uh, for the PSP version, this is this is wild as hell. <laughs> uh, it, so like in crafting games, like typically, you know, I need to create this sword. You know, I need to make a a sword plus one, so I need the sword and then, like, uh, a piece of gold and a piece of thread or whatever. Mm -hmm. The way it works in this game is you don't get a piece of gold. You get a piece of, like, imperfect—you get, like, three pieces of imperfect ore Mm -hmm. to make into a piece of perfect ore to make into an ingot to then make into a piece of gold. Right. Each time it requires—you're reducing your numbers. Each time it takes multiple times. Mm -hmm. Each chance after, I think the second one has a chance of failure. Yes, that is wild. Mm-hmm. Like that is that is a that is a crazy idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I ended up doing this near the end uh-huh. uh, because I got to like, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm at level 20. These are my level 20 weapons. I don't think I'm going to go much further than this because, uh, yeah, I think I'm done. Um, so I'm going to make these plus one uh-huh. because the ending is hard and I want to make it good. So I engage with this. Um, I ended up on my third run of this. I did an emulator so I could fast forward through things. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this took so long, and you have to also make that shopping list. Yeah, like I had to look at you know look at my manual of crafting, say like to make the the siege bow plus one, mm-hmm. It requires a siege bow, blankety bloop. So they okay, to get three steel and two uh, leather or whatever, I need this many. Bad ore, which becomes this many good ore, which becomes mm-hmm. this many ingots, which becomes this many, you know, graphites, which becomes this many steel. And then for each path, I <laughs> do that. Like, I'm, I like made a bunch of physical notes on how to do this and then still had times where I was like, oh, I had the final step of this has a, a 55 chance percent to work. Mm-hmm. Like, that is wildly bad. <laughs> uh, that is so annoying uh, yeah. as a system. And you're really – courage to engage with it because you're getting plus one versions of these things Yeah. and a, you know, if you have a sword and then you have like the next sword level two, a plus one level of sword level one will be better than sword level two. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense on the, on the path. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so like without the chance of failure, this doesn't sound too dissimilar from like the crafting in The Witcher 3 with the chance of failure for each intermediate step as you're getting things set up. It just it kind of feels like gambling to me. It feels yeah. like weird fire emblem slot machine kind of stuff. Um, and it's not like
0: the 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 uh, crafting in Witcher 3 was good.
1: No. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it was
0: like, this is like the worst part of that game. Like, yeah. that, that's, a, that's a wonderful game, and it's like, still the dumbest thing about it, right? Yeah,
1: exactly. No, I, so, I, I didn't, I didn't mean, I yeah. didn't make that comparison to say like, oh, Witcher 3 is really good. Just like, oh yeah, like, this kind of menu-based crafting, uh, in a game that is not necessarily about or optimized for that, uh, is really tedious, and, you know, you, like, I felt like I had to be dealing with it even in the mid-game right after I got it. Again, because look, earlier when I talked about how rough it was with, uh, you know, the long time to kill, right? Well, yeah. A way to get around that is to go in and upgrade a person's sword, you know, the plus one, and it made a difference. But like, you know, you end up going and grinding for more imperfect ore because it's out there in the wilderness and you do a battle and you pick it up after that. So again, it goes yeah. back to the grinding.
0: And you can end up buying a lot of that stuff too, mm-hmm. like imperfect ore or whatever. You buy the like very base materials. Mm-hmm. So it's even hard to, uh, kind of, calculate what the cost is going to be
1: yeah yeah
0: for things because you have to you have to go back and figure out how many times this has to refine down yeah so yeah uh, really just like really unfortunate really powerful when you get it going
4: mm-hmm.
0: you know like uh you can you can make this work and make it uh powerful yeah. you can never make it interesting or good
1: right uh it's a menu tax it is one of yeah. the most substantial menu taxes I think I've seen.
0: Yeah, it's it's Hall of Fame. Yeah, menu tax uh, here. Mm-hmm. Um, we mentioned the Warren Report. Uh, when you're outside of battle. This is like the uh, history lessons or what have you mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, this gives you updated information on your characters. Uh, every character you meet has a bio mm-hmm. uh, in this. Um, you know, one of the uh, Matsuno said, like, one of the things he was looking for when making this game, and you can see this undercurrent in all of his games, uh, it's mm-hmm. something I really love, is that, you know, there aren't bad guys. Like, everyone yeah, you're yeah. fighting has a reason, you know, they have their own reasons and they believe in mm-hmm. their own mission. Yeah, you know?
1: I, I love that you I get know. details about like, what they were before the war you know yeah. like not everybody is like the psychopathic uh warlord you know they have been drawn in because bec- because what they used to do was no longer an option for them or they were yeah. conscripted or any of this there's a there's a real amount of dignity to them you know to all pretty much all the people that you end up fighting
0: yeah and that's great like that yeah. is just like it's a really smart move mm-hmm. um i respect it
1: yes uh the reason we're laughing that that's called the Warren report is because that's what the report about the assassination of JFK was called <laughs> put, yeah. put together There's a surprising World amount War. of
0: Easter eggs. Like if you if you play this game and you get to the bottom of the necro dungeon, mm-hmm. you actually get to find out who killed uh, JFK.
1: Yes, it's like the end of the rock. So I- yeah.
0: It was an archer. An extremely <laughs> powerful in this. Yeah, right.
4: Yeah. So.
1: Um, yeah. I love the Warren report though. Those bios are really good. Um, if you need a refresher mm-hmm. on things, like I will show you a big uh, flow chart of, uh, of all the things you have seen so far. I love the rumors that you see. Yeah. Uh, this is taken out of the, you know, out of the bars uh, from where it was in uh, Final Fantasy Tactics. You want to make sure that you go in and look at this, like uh, this is like the talk section. Um, and you know, not all of these are tied to side quests. Um, only a few of them are, but you want to make sure that you read all of them because it will like presage things that are hap- that will eventually be happening in the near future for you.
0: Uh, and you're you're in when you're doing this and engaging with this, you're engaging with the one like unassailable victory mm-hmm. uh, of this game, which is like tone and writing.
2: Yeah, it's uh, so you good. Know, like, I'm
0: sure, you know, like i We'll talk about that later, but like yeah. it just feels really good to be uh, in these hands because mm-hmm. this is. Uh, you know, th- this is, it feels unique in games. Yeah. Like, no nobody else is quite doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really, I really love it. So, um, so uh, you know, as, uh, let's talk about recruiting.
1: Yes, let's do this. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, so, a, a pathway through this game, like, one way that people engage with this game is to try to get everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and collect everybody. And as opposed to most people just kind of joining you depending on your path, uh, there is this... Really complicated set of contingencies, um, you know, with the the base, like, binary being if the person's still alive. Mm-hmm. So, like, early on in Chapter 1, there are battles where, in, you know, the battle says defeat, you know, this person. You don't want to. You want to kill everyone else and get them down to 10 or 20% of their health. Mm-hmm. Then they'll retreat. So, they'll show up later, like, two chapters later for you to do the same thing, and then they'll join you. Right. Um that is how as far as I tell how recruitment happens, it's how you get some unique classes. Yeah. Uh in this. Like there are classes you can only recruit, you can never get otherwise. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't recruit anybody. Uh or the other way you can recruit people is like somebody will be in trouble, like, hey, that person's in trouble, let's save them. Yeah. Because you start a million fucking miles away from the (laughs) enemy. I was looking online how to do this. The way Uh you're supposed to do it is you get uh your flying unit Mm -hmm. uh and you take all all falls clothes. (laughs) <laughs> and you give him the uh the item the highlight stick that throws healing items at people. Yep. <laughs> the the uh, lobber. Yeah. The lobber and you just hang out and babysit the person filling them up with heals every turn. Right. Uh until the rest of your team can get there. It's like uh the degenerate tactics you have to do to um save uh, Rafa uh, Rafa and Malik yeah. on the roof. Mm-hmm. You know where it's like okay, the the you know the El- Elmdor will attack uh, them unless I put a naked character there because the AI will attack somebody who's naked. Right, It's like that for like a, a fifth, a sixth of the battles mm-hmm. in the game. Uh, and nothing happens if you don't recruit them. Mm-hmm. You, they just die. Right. But I kept feeling, again, like I was playing this wrong or enjoying it wrong because I'm mm-hmm. like i i tried to recruit this like three or four times just playing it like a normal battle right i can't do it look up a line and people are like oh yeah it really sucks you just have to make uh you know uh your birdman uh yeah. you know make it and give him a highlight thing and i'm like that fucking sucks i don't want to do that <laughs> no he's a good it's unit dumb as hell. i need to use him for other <laughs> stuff <laughs> and it just it's so gamey uh-huh you know it's it's so uh easter eggy yeah you know if, and i'm just like i just don't want to do that yeah Uh, So I I recruited very few optional characters Mm -hmm. in this.
1: Yeah. Uh, So like that path for recruitment is distinct from the actual recruit skill that you get. Uh, You have one of those for like different races. So there's ones for humans. There's one for like fairy folk. Uh, you know, different things like that. Um, like you do that with rank and file units, uh, and you want to get them low in health, like Pokemon in order to, in order to do that. Yeah. What we're talking about here with this recruitment is like named, named characters that have different, <laughs> that have varying relationship to the story. Uh, sometimes a lot in the case of you know people who will abandon you based on choices et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes not very much at all, just like a one off character who may have uh an you know an eccentric alteration on an existing uh, class.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like and those those alterations tend not to feel very significant. Like uh, so the one that you read about the hardest character to record uh, recruit in the game like you can get a witch class mm-hmm. but there's also uh, a wicca yeah. class. And the only difference I can tell is that they have a specific skill. Right. So there's one skill they have that does seem cool, mm-hmm. you know, but if you want that skill, you have to do a separate, separate class, which requires recruiting one of each dragon and yeah. then grinding up 30 glass pumpkins <laughs> and and all this shit. And I just uh, miss me with it, man. Like, yeah, it, is, yeah. it is not, you know, I'm not playing this as a completionist. Like, mm-hmm. I want efficacy. Yeah. And, again, you know, I keep drawing, uh, you know, favorable, unfavorable comparisons to fft but when you got unique classes in that they had unique verbs mm-hmm. like a whole host of unique verbs yeah you know it was really neat like oh mustadio is the guy who can disable people from across the map yes that's him mm-hmm. that's what he does getting him allows me to have this suite of abilities yeah you know getting uh, any of these sword knights like agrius can do agrius shit mm-hmm. nobody else can do agrius shit yeah you know, and that is a really cool feeling and they just gave them to you generally. Yeah. Like there are some of them you could lose, but mm-hmm. they made them better at taking care of themselves mm-hmm. in that like you apparently you know Mustadio might be able to die in that mission I can't quite remember, but if he can take care of himself though because he doesn't just rush into combat and kill himself. Right. Like all these people did.
1: Yeah. Um so, you know, what what this contributes to is a feeling that like there is playing the game and then there's playing the game. You know, like when you go through, if you're just kind of like playing this at the surface level, oftentimes what you're going to run into is, you know, just like, yeah, the game is going to give me enough people. I will have... You know, just by, you know, who was assigned to me in these particular places, a good number of a good number of characters with a good spread of classes uh, and abilities that I can rely on, which is good because training up a new a new class is not really in the cards for you. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and you're going to go on and that will feel like enough. There is so much more work that you can go into that feels like the actual playing of the game that a lot of people like, you know, talk about mostly and the, the the feeling you know it's is probably a flavor of like you know f- fear of missing out or whatever is that if you are not engaging with this on the tedious level there are advantages that you are not getting that uh that contribute to you know any shortcomings you might you might see right
0: yeah yeah um yeah absolutely uh it's a bummer and again uh, that feeling that i was not doing i was not in the right lane of playing Yeah was t- per intense and was a patina over my, my experience mm-hmm. uh, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so there are branching paths in the game. I think this is neat. Mm-hmm. Um, they take you to different versions of chapter two and three, um, depending on your affinity for law, chaos, or neutrality.
1: Yeah. Uh, the choices that you make in these feel very, um, important,
0: you know? Yes.
1: <laughs> like, it's yeah. big stuff. Uh like we say, the, the you know the story and tone in this is uh you know, uh is is, is, is tops, right? A plus, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So like the choice that we're going to talk
1: about at the end of this, you know, we're going to, we're going to get through about ch- uh, chapter one here, you know, it's, it's a pretty big deal. And, you know, calling this law chaos or whatever feels a little bit like it's underselling it. it. You know, it is more about, do you, do you hold to pledges that you pledges and alliances that you have made, or do you hold to like your own internal sense of justice is, yes. is kind of the way that goes.
0: And this ends up doing a neat thing, you know, uh, to speak to something, you know, a positive comparison Mm -hmm. of this to Final Fantasy Tactics is this – up until the very end where you start getting some supernatural shit Mm -hmm. is almost exclusively this politics. Yeah. So it, it stays grounded and then uh you also rise in scope like one of the things that is neat about final fantasy tactics is that you are a side character of history yes you know in it like uh but one of the things that is also neat about tactics ogre is you're not
1: mm-hmm. like
0: by the end of this like i was a pretty big deal uh mover and shaker like i had feelings of like playing as delita
1: yeah yeah you
0: know uh you know for me at least in the the chaos route um you know, even though like I, the, not all the story content in the cast art is good. Mm-hmm. The actual general arc was really empowering and cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like story wise. I want to know what happens in the law route. So I'm looking forward to talking to you about it, mm-hmm. even though I don't really want to play another, you know, 30 hours of the game. Right. Right. That.
1: Yeah. Um, I like what happens in the, in the law route. <laughs> right. Because, you know, this is a very, you know, kind of like heady political, thing that is you know it's a story that is based off of you know real world history that matsuno just happens to be really fascinated with you know you're dealing Mm -hmm. with an awful lot of imperfect people who have their own particular flaws and judgment and like in the law path specifically like you get to see best laid plans just completely falling apart um and the sense of the, the 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 sense of drama is really high without feeling melodramatic at all
2: really
0: if you look in online and people talk about like which routes you should do, they say generally do neutral first or law first and save chaos for last. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find that really counterintuitive because the way you get onto the law path is through it's, doing it's, a war crime. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not, these do not correspond to good and evil at all. Right, it's right. orders are not, you know, not taking orders.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and the idea that the intended way to play through, uh, is to do a war crime either is like a cultural thing or a 1995 thing. Yeah. You know, or something like that. Like this would not happen now
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, where the correct choice for the intended playthrough would be to slaughter all the innocent people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I just, I, I, t- I took that one primarily because I was like, ah, geez. Uh, if, if <laughs> I, I will leave the, I will leave the non-war crime one for Gary. I'll take that bullet. Cause I got here first. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, you got, you got a more interesting story out of it. I yes. Yeah. Um, they don't make you replay the whole game to get, the alternate path. No, thankfully. Um, after, yeah, after you beat the game before the, uh, the suffix of it, you get something called the, uh, world tarot. And this allows you to break back, jump back to certain decision points with your current characters, your current mm-hmm. party. Um, and, uh, since any battle scale to you, you know, it's not like you're going to stomp them mm-hmm. you can kind of see what might've been. Right. Um, this is neat. That's, that's a great idea. Yeah. All games should have that.
1: I like that quite a bit. Um, yep. Yeah, so it, it it takes what could be some really tedious um visual novel style uh you know going back over old content, you know, it just makes mm-hmm. it part of the system. It knows that you're going to want to see it all if you are into the into the uh into the way this plays. Uh it's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah. so they initially planned to have alternate chapter 4s uh for different routes. Um, as it stands, though, uh, they were not able to do that because of memory limitations on the uh, the Super Famicom. Uh, so, you know, what does end up changing is the uh, is the ending uh, that you get on the on the other side of this. Whereas, like, what you're doing uh, does not necessarily change that much.
0: Yeah. Um. This is a follow up. This is a series. Uh, this is a follow up to Ogre Battle: March of the Black Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it plays really differently. Though. Yeah. Um. That has even more supernatural elements and is a totally different genre.
1: Yeah. It's it's, it's uh, very know. strange. Actually, I remember renting that as a kid because I saw a positive write up in like a Nintendo Power or something like that. I was not mm-hmm. ready for Ogre Battle. Um. When mm-hmm. I fired it up, I think at that point, like the only RPGs that I had played were like Super Mario RPG and Final Fantasy Two.
0: Yeah. Four or whatever. Uh, the the whole series. This is the only game in the series I played to completion. Mm-hmm. Um, I did play a little bit of one of my favorite video game titles, which is Ogre Battle: Person of Lordly Caliber. What? Uh, which is you know <laughs> Person of Lordly Caliber? <laughs> what, what system is that for? What is that? Uh, I I don't know. I played it on uh, emulator. Oh, that's
1: uh, no, that's that's what a uh, uh, gosh, Ogre Battle yeah, 64 was called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, just in in the uh, in the awkward title Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, for video games. Is, is that a Queen? Yeah. Is that a que- Like a Queen song? <laughs> Personally, I, I I'd be very surprised. I was really
1: surprised yeah. that Ogre Battle was a Queen song, Gary.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it pops up a lot. Like when you try to search for things about this. Uh, <laughs> You know. Oh, uh, they've got to learn about the Ogre Wars someday.
1: <laughs> um, uh no, I looking on genius, there is no song called Person or there's no song or lyric for Person of Lordly Caliber. That is really awkward and bad. Uh
0: yeah. Person, just generally, of Lordly yep. Caliber. Yeah. What kind of person? <laughs> of Lordly Caliber. Yep. <laughs> the, um uh so this is uh Matsuno's second game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he uh he worked with some of his favorite collaborators, uh Yoshida on illustration mm-hmm. and the uh composers Owada and Sakamoto. Yes. Um, you know, who will be familiar to people who also like Matsuno's work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and all that stuff is uh on top caliber. Yeah. Yeah. These are collaborators of Lordly Caliber. Like mm-hmm. the uh <laughs> the illustrations look great and the music is awesome.
1: Yeah. Oh man, just you know. the the, the cutscenes, you know, anytime they're sitting around like a well appointed table, like either a war table or a banquet kind of thing. Just so yeah. much love and care goes into that. The color palettes are so good. Yep. The music really, is really like nice and ethereal when it needs to be and martial when it needs to be. Yeah, just mm-hmm. pinch perfect in every single regard.
0: Yeah. I, I always, the only thing that made me feel bad about this, or the not that made me feel bad about it, but I ended up uh, about partway through the game putting on podcasts and stuff.
1: Yeah, because yeah. my
0: battles were all the same and they <laughs> <went> took forever. <laughs> right, and you know, I just it was like, I got to get through this. I like this music, mm-hmm. but it's not keeping me engaged well enough. Right, or like, well, the you know, the several turns before my characters are close enough to touch each other. Hmm. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like actually, before I edit this, I'm going to have to sit down and listen to this on YouTube to like get reacquaint myself with
1: to, it to, to learn what the bangers are yeah yeah um yeah. so you know matsuno was in charge of the you know the the, the, the story and kind of the mechanics of things here matsuno uh, anybody who's played his other works knows that he has like particular fascinations draws things in uh from the real world um you know and he works at a particular scale quite often so like yeah you know this is a big story about the movements of kingdoms and the intrigue that happens both within and between them. Um, this is actually based on the Yugoslav Wars, um, uh, you know, even incorporating like elements of the Bosnian genocide, um, all of that happening, uh, you know, in the 80s and 90s. All that horror that we never really learned about here in America, uh, but is actually super important, um, you know. And, you know, that that, that, is, that is in play here the same way that Final Fantasy Tactics was his, like, uh, interpretation of the War of the Roses.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the uh, localization of this PSP version, as uh, kind of a special note. Here, uh, mm-hmm. Alexander O. Smith and Joseph Reeder collaborated with Matsuno to create one of the best localizations. Like, yes. these are really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also, you know, they worked on Final Fantasy Tactics, mm-hmm. uh, that War of the Lions version, and Final Fantasy XII. Um You know, there's no persons of lordly caliber here. Uh, <laughs> everything sounds natural and good. Like, it's got that kind of faux Shakespearean mm-hmm. historical drama patina over it. But yeah. there are absolutely no shortage of really cool terms of phrase. Yes. And uh, cool medieval clapbacks uh, <laughs> and kind of things that people will do. I love uh, medieval clapbacks. Really
1: I love the mixture yeah. of like high and low speech in this as well. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're when you're dealing, you know, like with the peasantry and the royalty and kind of like walking between those worlds as you are acting as a liberator. Um, just incredibly good, pitch perfect, like the Hall of mm-hmm.
0: Fame stuff. Yeah. I, I would like a lot more games that have this kind of uh, sense and uh, writing. Mm -hmm. do it um and again it feels like a matsuno yes like it 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 feels like it's just kind of his his ballywick Mm -hmm. you know you play like crimson shroud you know this is all over it like it's just it's his thing (laughs) and it's great so
1: yeah um so this was uh so matsuno also fascinated with star wars uh this mm-hmm. is especially apparent when you look at something like say you know final fantasy 12 uh but it's uh present here uh this is subtitled episode 7 uh with the idea being that you know like star wars he wanted to leave more room for other stories in the chronology uh, he had intentions to make both an episode six and an episode eight, so a direct prequel and a direct sequel, but uh, that's not really in the offing, especially after they f- f- burned him out and used him up on Final Fantasy XII.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, so the Super Nintendo version of this is incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, again, I watched a bunch of that today, and even just in terms of how good it looks, like it doesn't look that different than this, like one of the best looking Super Nintendo games. Um, just in terms of uh, character, you know, detail and portraits and stuff, mm-hmm. it looks great. Yeah, um, it was ported to the Sega Saturn in Japan, um, which added voice acting for some cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1997, uh, it came to the PlayStation in America, um, but this at the time, you know, had come out on the heels of Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, they released that because Final Fantasy Tactics was a hit, but it was not common knowledge necessarily that this was a port of a Super Nintendo game.
1: Right. Right.
0: So, uh, that PlayStation version was not as well received because it was more primitive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, look also at, uh, you know, Mario, uh, like how we didn't get Mario two yeah, you know, or, uh, you know, the, the, Uh, what is it like dragon quest and final fantasy like when dragon quest came over final fantasy had already been out Mm -hmm. and was considered very primitive because in japan it had come out several years before yes it was more primitive
2: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so it was a victim of that lag and a victim of just release order yes yeah Yeah. uh so matsuno returned to square to work on this uh psp update so this was you know not taken out of his hands uh this came out in 2011 um there's kind of a sequel um, that I'm curious to check out, but I'm also wary. Uh, came out for the Game Boy Advance, uh, Tactics Ogre: Knights of Lotus. Uh, the reception on it seems fine, but also there's just a huge streak of like around that time, uh, sequels to games that really should have been really good being compromised in some way, um, like almost senselessly <laughs> uh, yeah. when they when they when they go to a portable. So. You know, yeah. see Final Fantasy it's, Tactics A2.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I played a little bit of uh, Knights of Lotus. Yep, and uh, it was okay. okay. I didn't didn't uh, <clears throat> when I first moved to Portland, <clears throat> I checked that out, uh, but did not play very much of it. Yep. Um, so Matsuno has not been very much a, a, like very active as a developer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, since then, uh, he did Crim- Crimson Shroud, which we've done uh, on the show. And mm-hmm. um, there's an iOS game called Lost Order. Uh, which is about, and I don't know very much about. And then apparently uh, he collaborated on the Final Fantasy Tactics uh, <clears throat> kind of nostalgia scenarios in final fantasy 14 mm-hmm. which apparently are really good uh, <laughs> yeah. but like everything in final fantasy 14 they're locked behind 300 hours right of you know below average mmo gotten you know garbage to mm-hmm. get to the good parts of that yeah where everyone's like oh this is the best storytelling final fantasy is doing where he's doing your absolute best work and then telling me you how to put in 300 hours yeah to get to right. it. and it's just, just kind like, of a game you have to play all the time now <laughs> yeah yeah that doesn't that's not your best work yeah, it, it, there is no best work that you had to put 300 hours to get to. Right, uh, that makes it bad work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you fucked up. Yep. So the uh, yeah, it's not a I do I do not truck with that. You have mm-hmm. to get past the first. Yeah. You know.
1: You know if there was if there was an instance version that you played on your own that you could go and just like instantly see that content. Fuck, oh, man, I'd buy that.
0: <laughs> like sure. Yeah, I would play the, the Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. Like sequel to that right. and there's the the other iOS game that is out that is like. The Final Fantasy Tactics spiritual successor that mm-hmm. has, like, you know, but it's free to play Gachapon bullshit. And it keeps, like, trying yeah. to be like, we got Ramza. And I'm like, <laughs> man, I, you're not going to get me to play this Gachapon free to play iOS game just yeah. because you have Ramza. Well, I you... still have Ramza. <laughs> <laughs> Ram,
1: Ramza's on many of my devices right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't, like, I own Ramza in many ways. Like, you do not get to tempt me with Ramza because I got Ramza. I don't need you.
1: Yes, Um, and like yes, yes, you have you have Ramza. I will give you that; it is indisputable. However, like this this game, which is War of the Visions, uh, that is pulling from Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. Hey, Gary, what is Final Fantasy Brave (laughs) Exvius?
0: Exvius of brave caliber. I. I got no fucking clue what the fuck a brave XPS is. I mean, I don't, Square is so irritating to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> like I woke up in a bad mood, but also just like all of this stuff sucks. Uh, it's it just, uh, yeah. All of these, like, yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating that they change into something I don't like. And it's frustrating that when they try to like appeal to me mm-hmm. in the things I do like, they just fall on their dick.
1: Well, I mean, uh, like they, 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 they do it in a way to try and like force feed you the stuff that you decided to ignore for reasons of taste. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Brave Exvius is like one of how many now? Uh, Like basically mobile forks of the Final Fantasy name. Um, Yeah. No. It's like it's iOS, iOS, and Android uh, alone itself. So Mm. no, no.
0: More of a uh, sliding heroes. (laughs) <laughs> like, port Port Ramza back into, into Sliding Heroes. You remember Sliding Heroes? What the
1: fuck is Sliding Heroes, Gary?
0: A really early Square uh, iOS game. Oh, I like Chaos my, Ring? Uh, uh, earlier than that. Ooh. Um, I have it on my, uh, my iPod that I found that has all that old software on it. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a tower defense, and they did something called Sliding Heroes, which is using the accelerometer. To move little Final Fantasy tactics uh, from one end of the map to the other and kind of do like a little bit of a highlight-esque fighting, you know, like like RPG where you just <laughs> run into each other but you have to slide them. Okay. <laughs> just, you know, forgotten square properties.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: all the bravest. So you know. weird.
1: Yeah, all the bravest. Yeah. No. Way, this is so dumb. No. He just,
0: yeah, Square does not feel like an ethical or good company to me right now. I yeah. don't, uh, you know. And they threw away the good creators. Like Matsuno, when they had Matsuno, this was the best card you had. Yes. You. You. This was the. This was by far your trump card, and was the thing that was going to let you make good games. And you. Mm-hmm. Just, you put all. You treat them like shit. You put all your eggs in the, the Nomura basket, and it's a horrible basket. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would not pick up the namora basket if it was carrying baby Jesus and it was going down the river. <laughs> I would let that namora basket just go. No, you know, Flanders to God, Flanders to God, <laughs> get off your cloud and kill this fucking basket. <laughs> like, I can, I can, no smite this basket. Smite this basket, please. Uh,
1: Oh, Jesus. Uh, So there might be some hope. Uh, There is a Kickstarter game called Unsung Story that is coming out in late uh, 2020 uh, that is kind of, you know, both being described internally and externally as a potential, like, spiritual follow-up or um, successor. Um, Yeah. Yeah. However, um, you know, who knows? Again, like when they moved it to Portable then it you know it might have been uh they might have compromised it
2: so
0: yeah yep yep
1: yeah we'll see if they still have it So let's uh, let's get into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, this opens up uh, very differently than the Super Nintendo version, um, and similar to like an Ultima Four kind of kind of thing, where you're given uh, it draws five random tarot cards from you uh, for you of the uh, major arcana, mm-hmm. and then ask how you would handle these situations. Right. Um, in the Super Nintendo version, this is uh, asking you what boons you would get from different gods of different elements. Mm-hmm. And stuff. Uh, the tarot theming of this is new.
2: Yeah,
1: um, um, you know, and k- kind of pulled, or it feels like a mirror of the uh, the zodiac theming in. Um,
2: yes. Yeah.
0: yeah. In Fantasy tactics. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what this does, uh, you get these items. Mm-hmm. So you get one of each of these cards in your starting inventory, and they establish your starting stats.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so there are optimal paths. Right. For this, I don't think there's a way to into it. That's why I just answered honestly.
3: Yeah,
1: same. I, I didn't really care <laughs> if, it, if it gave me a bad start because you know I'm not going to get in, into the super late stuff where it's going to make that big of a difference.
0: Yeah, yep. Uh, and then we start off. Uh, so we're denim. We're starting off in this kind of like uh, cabin safe house kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, with your sister. And then how do you uh, how do you pronounce your sister's name? I say Katua. Katua. Yeah, it's it's Katua. Cachua. In uh, the original version in the original version. So I was okay. calling it her But okay. I don't know if that's actually true.
1: No, they're, they're, those both sound similar. They're just, just slightly yeah. different Englishes on the you know on, on them. Yeah. Cachua, yeah. yeah. Uh
0: but with your sister and then your friend Vice with a right. Y. <laughs> uh, and he he pops in to let you know, hey, like Lancelot is on his way with his army of Dark Knights, and we kinda of talk a little bit about uh, who the Dark Knights are. Right. Um they are this uh pillar of Bakram. Uh, Mm -hmm. Bakram is one of the kingdoms involved here. And the idea is uh, if we, you know, cut off this, uh, kill this major leader Mm -hmm. uh, here, it might create the opportunity for the Galgistani, which are this kind of underclass, uh, conquered people. Yeah, the, Wall- Wall-
1: the, <laughs> the Wallister. Uh, so, oh, yeah, yeah. The, so,
0: so the galgastani are the other. So the, the Wallister the kind of caught in between. Yeah. Between the Bakram and the Gulgastani. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so, like, the Wallister, you know, they pretty much inhabited this, the, this island in uh, Goliath here. Uh, they were wiped out uh, like a year ago. Like, the Dark Knights had come in and basically killed everybody's family, um, you know, Denim, Vice, and Katua. Um are basically war orphans, uh, and it's the dark knights who did this also it's incredibly optimistic to assume that these three kids alone could could pull this off yeah. <laughs> when, when ultimately well, and, we see how like how the dark knights work yeah
0: yeah and and Quechua uh says this, yeah <laughs> as well, like it's just like you know this is dumb, and basically uh what vice says is like we have to take the chance right. You know, because if we uh, if we don't take this chance, this is once in a lifetime. We have to do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, uh, and this uh, starts us with uh, our chapter one kind of title card. Mm-hmm. If there's blood on my hands, how long will it be until it gets on my heart? Yeah, uh, which is a great little, you know, mm-hmm. uh, great little phrase.
1: Yeah, um, and each of the chapters, uh, their different versions have like little different uh, phrases like that as their uh, as their call sign mm- mm-hmm. yeah um, and like w- the first three missions or so that we get here, they're basically tutorial, uh, you only control denim. Um, and everybody else does their own things. They explain, uh, some of the basic systems to you and they primarily do the fighting. So you can kind of look at what they do and model your own, uh, your own choices on them. Like this battle here and Goliath here in the town, um, it's barely even a battle. Like it's a couple of move, (laughs) it's a couple of move orders before you actually talk to, uh, this Lancelot.
0: Yeah, and you basically don't do anything, right? You know in this, um, and he says, "You know, this is a case of uh, mistaken identity." Mm-hmm. Uh, when you get there, um, this is a different Lancelot. This is not the Lancelot that burned the towns. Mm-hmm. Um, my name is uh, Lancelot Hamilton. Um, I'm from Zenobia. Uh, Zenobia is the area the first game, yes, in the series uh, took place in. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a Holy Knight, and these group are mercenaries. Right, um, um,
1: Lancelot is even from the uh, from the first game from yes. uh, March of the Black Queen.
0: Yeah, as a, a very sad ending in the chaos route. Yeah. Um. The uh, so you you kind of go into your little safe house. You tell the mercen- mercenaries what's going on. Um, Vice says basically we have to rescue uh, Duke Romwe, um, from the Almorica Castle in order to get this resistance movement going.
1: Yeah. Currently, the Wallister have no leaders. Uh, the you know yeah. most of them have been captured after this recent sacking. They were just crushed between Bakrom and uh, Galgaston. Um, yeah. you know, and they're brutal, they're brutal leaders kind of used as, uh, as, as pawns here, but Duke Romwey kind of being the highest of royalty left, uh, will be the figurehead that we need. Uh, and basically not much else. Duke Romwey ends up fucking everything up or no matter what you do.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, big, big villain in the, uh, the chaos route. No, oh, yeah. Big, uh, you know, yeah, but uh, yeah. a, a big, uh,
1: a big liability in the law route, let's say.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh and we're kind of setting up this uh this dynamic. Right. Um we have. Uh you know, your sister is uh catchway, you know, the only person you have in your family. Uh and then Vice is uh like a hothead. Yeah. And uh they you know the idea here is they're kind of setting up this like battle for a denim soul, you know, whether he's going to be merciful and mm-hmm. even headed or whether he's gonna be uh, a little hothead. Yeah. Um the i know it is different in the law route what happens device in the chaos route is hilarious uh and it is uh it is yeah you know, i'm going to dine on it when we get there yeah in in a couple hours uh, it's real good
1: i so. think i write a little bit about, about what happens um yeah. in the in the in the law route it ends up being a little bit uh a little bit more dignified let's say
3: yeah yeah
1: um. Yeah. Uh. But also, like you know, it's it's you know, Vice is making the case for what you need to do for the Wallister people as a whole, uh, and Catua is very much about you know we need to stick together. You know, will you fight for family more so than yeah. kingdom?
0: Right. And and against war, like basically right, just right. like you know we're we're trying to end bloodshed, not create it. Yes. Um. The mercenaries uh for Zenobia offer their services. Right. And it says you can you can uh, take them up on it or, or turn them down, mm-hmm. and I, I took them up on it each time because I, I just wanted them to join me, and they're the ones who tutorialize the next battle. Yes. I wonder if this is a way of saying you don't need a tutorial. Oh. Uh, if you're doing a replay. Yeah. So I, you know, uh, because when you say you need them, uh, you know, Quechua does not like this, mm-hmm. but you go to the gates of Almorca, and uh, you have to vanquish this leader. Uh, of these forces, Bapal, and while this is happening, all these knights turn towards you, tell you a little (laughs) pro tip, and then go do their action.
1: (laughs) Right. Uh, this introduces, so like Almorica castle as a, uh, as a dungeon introduces something that is kind of cool about this, which is larger locations that contain multiple battles. Like when you start, you know, you are going to be moving from location to location, um, without being able to go back, uh, later on this broadens out and you're making choices of like, okay, do I want to attack the, the North wall or the South wall? And this has a uh, meaningful impact on the way it goes. But here yeah. you're going from the from the gates of Almorica into the into the passageway.
0: Yeah. and it actually it did learn a lesson from Final Fantasy Tactics, where it says, "Hey, keep multiple saves." Yes, when this <laughs> happens, like it's explicitly telling you, like, "Yeah, don't uh, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, when you get inside, you get to the uh, Almorica. Uh, you know, so after you do this, um, it comes out that you know this was a trap. Right. They they announced that the duke was going to be executed to try to lure the rebels out. Um, and we get into the Almorca passageway where we have another leader uh, to kill Agarus. Yeah. And one of the ways that I'm going to uh, be a failure as a podcaster and a fan of Matsuno, uh, personally failing him in this, is a lot of the times in these battles, there's just a guy. It's like the objective here is to kill Blobity Bloop. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who that is. I never recruited them. I'm sure they have a, a, I maybe read their paragraph in the Warren report,
3: yeah, yeah, but,
0: uh, I kept getting the sense that these characters were important in a way that I did not understand.
1: Yes. So, yeah. yeah. Um, again, we we're firmly in, uh, in tutorial. Uh, like I've got no idea when you can really only control denim, uh, how it would be possible to spare Agarus here. Um, yeah you know like maybe if you for for went the help and skip the tutorial. this would just be a more straightforward straightforward battle i've got no idea how you know how agoras would perform differently uh than everybody else
0: yeah yeah yep uh this basically plays itself mm-hmm. again uh you know the first two run ups of this I did on hardware were obnoxious I uh, made me very happy to have the fast forward yeah. or when enemies are just moving i'm mm-hmm. um, not that there's no value in that you can like see what they do but
3: yeah, yeah. you know
0: it takes a while these mm-hmm. animations yeah um afterwards we have rescued the duke uh we're at this uh, this kind of set piece that we're going to keep seeing this uh table this war room mm-hmm. kind of table uh and uh runway is skeptical you know of lance a lot uh he's yeah. a foreigner he's there and he's like you know basically you're just here like the dark knights are yeah to ruin you know. everything and he and he says, "No, you know, I'm actually here just looking for work. This mm-hmm. isn't true. Yeah. Uh, we're going to find out what this group is really here for. But at mm-hmm. this point, they they pass their bluff check or whatever.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, Romwe basically believes, oh, this is Zenobia, you know, seeing the disorder here and sending you know sending an advance party to size this up so they can so they can gobble up whatever whatever fish are still squabbling. You know, by the time yeah. they reach here, yeah, yep. um." You know, regardless though, <laughs> Lancelot uh says, yeah, we're not here to uh, to brutalize everybody. Um, they join the mercenary crew as knights. Um, so yeah. you, you know, uh do not necessarily get Lancelot, but you get a couple of knights who are with them, and then eventually uh their birdman uh guy, uh Canopus, uh, will just join you as a regular unit uh that you can use. And he is like the uh he is the early game crutch.
0: Yeah, and late game crutch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cann- cannabis was my MVP for the whole game.
1: Yeah, cannabis is great. Um
0: and uh Romwe is is interesting. He talks about how uh you know you're the you know you're the heroes of of El Morica, you know, you're you're the, the heroes of uh, Goliath. Mm-hmm. Um and he basically says like this will be a you know a PR thing yeah. for you. Like these young people wind and fought back, like we're gonna use this. Mm-hmm. Um, he gives you a job. Uh, says like, you know, go to this town of Chrysaro and capture the necromancer Nybeth. Right. Um, and, uh, Nybeth, like there's a whole necromancy subplot yeah. of this game that keeps coming up and it gets weirder and weirder when it comes up, like when I'm in chapter <laughs> three and four and it's like, oh, the necromancer's here. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, well, fuck. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but mainly they you know, they'd send a knight, uh, Sir Leonar, Mm-hmm. Uh, there, and, uh, Sir Leonar has not reported back. Yeah. So we're, we're off to go see what's up. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, uh, Sir Leonar's, uh, squeeze, uh, comes up and, like, basically tries to fill you out. Um, oh gosh, I forget her name uh, that we see here. She's the one who abandons me later on They need up needing to fight. Lady Ravness. There we go. Yeah.
0: Right. Uh, um. Ravnus is, uh, apparently, according to the fans, um, an Agrius kind of XP. Yeah, Uh, yeah. Or um, Agrius
1: is a is a Lady Ravnus XP.
0: Well, she she was added to this version. She
1: was? Okay, cool. Yeah, right.
0: Ravnus yeah. uh, was not originally in the game. And then uh, the other thing that's really interesting, I love the dialogue here, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we're just going to, I'm going to point out good turns of phrase and I remember them. Yeah. Um, because uh, Vice is like, well, you know, we saved your butts, like we saved the Duke. Mm-hmm. And uh, she implies like, the only reason why you're able to do that is because we were drawing off the forces. Yes. You know, <laughs> this whole thing has the feeling of this PR coup yeah. the whole time. <laughs> And uh, he he complains about this because because Vice is a is a little twerp, mm-hmm. and she basically says like if you don't like it, give truth to it. Like yeah. if you don't like it, give truth to the lie. Mm-hmm. You know if if you don't like, you have a false reputation. Build a real one. Yeah. You know, and again, it's like that like that good good Matsuno like <laughs> you know semi Shakespearean turn of phrase shit. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know, it's good stuff.
1: And even just like the, the the idea that we're working on the level of intrigue that you know <laughs> that that Ramway is. Sorry that this word is fraught, but it's the only way I can think of that he is grooming you to be like this, this poster child, this, you know, uh, emblem of hope to like gather everybody around his frankly, very shitty decision making um, is, is very good. Um, And once you realize that's what's happening, the things you end up doing, make it make a lot more sense. Like, like how in the world is it actually like worthwhile that I did this thing? Yeah. Because you're dealing with a populace that is not entirely um, convinced that an uprising is possible, right?
0: Yes. Or, in fact, are entirely unconvinced, basically. Yeah. As we'll find out.
1: (laughs) Uh, And that plays into something that is pretty much entirely, uh, like, I don't know if there is a statistical um, ramification for this. But particular acts or particular decisions that you make will change your title that people will know you by. And this is always visible in the upper right. Uh, uh, when yeah. you're on the world map, and you can actually go into the Warren report and see the history of all the titles that you've gotten and see why you got that. Um, yeah. it does a really good job to, you know, to again, get the scale of this, that you are, you know, being spoken of for your acts, uh, feats and deeds.
0: Yeah. It's very fallout. Yeah. Uh, not, you know, not even like in fallout three, obviously you got mm-hmm. to be different things of the wasteland and three dog would yell them at you <laughs> uh, but in like fallout two you'd have different reputations based on certain areas right that based on what you had done and and that's what this reminded me of mm-hmm. uh quite a bit um so we go to uh tangmouth hill which is going to be our grinding zone for a while <laughs> yeah. um there's a wizard here orba uh who is uh these are remnants of Galgastani forces that are just in the wild yeah i uh, yeah. hear and we get joined by Canopus. Uh, he is one of the knights. Um, mm-hmm. He just decides to join. I kept expecting there to be some intrigue about this, but yeah. like he hangs out and teases me and is a good friend basically the whole time. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah. there's like <laughs> there's there's no uh, intrigue. Uh, he is a birdman. Mm-hmm. Um, his class, his starting class, is kind of a fighter mage. But I feel like you're a sucker if you don't switch him into an archer because uh, that is his strength, mm-hmm. and he will absolutely decimate everything. Yes, because uh, mobility is really huge for archers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know this feels like a weird overcorrection from final fantasy tactics in terms of how power, how powerful they made archers like yeah. a legit uh strategy for the final boss of the game is to switch everyone to archer mm-hmm. uh and then it, like it basically makes it really easy apparently um <laughs> archers are incredible and i had uh 2 to 3 of them on my team at all times yes same uh, nice so
1: yeah, yeah, make, uh, <laughs> make Canopus your archer right away, or at least one of them. And when we say he's a bird man, but basically, like, no height, uh, like, he, he ignores height, depending on where he moves. Yeah. So, it's a little bit like making somebody into a, into a lancer or a, uh, or a ninja in, uh, mm-hmm. in Final Fantasy Tactics. Like, he'll just immediately, like, get to the top of a wall and start taking people out from the parapet and stuff like that.
0: Can fly over enemy units as well. Yeah. Uh. So no, nothing, nothing stops him. There's a whole lot of bits about like how you can jump over gaps that are one thing long as long mm-hmm. as the next area is lower. Yeah. Uh, he ignores all that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Him and Vice fight <laughs> during this again. Vice is you know a little obnoxious twerp. Yeah. Uh. Is just like this is a Wallister fight and it's like were you not just here when <laughs> our leader just said. These guys work for us now. Yeah, fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> they throw rocks at each other, and Cashua uh, 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 does not care for this. Yeah, um, and this is the introduction of the Chariot uh, tarot, which allows us to uh, do the rewind turns.
1: Don't worry, I always say Chariot, Chariot, too.
0: Yeah, Chariot, Chariot. Mm-hmm. Sherry O'Terriot. in <laughs> uh, Southland Tales. The, yeah. <laughs> Will's going to get more than one person to watch Southland Tales, and it sucks. who um, is <laughs> like, not good, and it's not fun bad. Um, it is weird. Okay, yeah. yeah. The movie sucks.
1: That's enough. Something uh, being weird yeah. is good enough, right?
0: <laughs> I, 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 for some. Um, the uh, But anyway, so this, this is like a really basic battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
1: you know. You have a really wide open battlefield you're you know balanced set of enemies uh no beasts or anything, mostly classes that you have seen before uh, you start at opposite ends, go fight, and that's kind of what makes yes. this uh that's what makes this into a uh, you know uh, green Hill yes green Hill kind of thing yeah. Yeah.
0: um the next mission uh, is in chrysaro uh we're introduced to our uh, character whose name is escaping right the second um this priest. Uh, who we have here yeah. and it's real weird in a cutscene, He's demonstrating a difference in the systems.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because in the original version exercise, uh, just killed undead units mm-hmm. here. And if you did it while they were, uh, in the recovery period, mm-hmm. uh, it wouldn't work. And right. now it's the opposite. Right. Uh, now you have to bring them back uh, or you have to bring them down and then exercise them or they'll keep coming back after a three count
2: yeah uh
1: this oh is Donalto uh, is the name I yeah. a- 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 uh, Donalto um this is also demonstrating the fact that he is a priest um uh, mm-hmm. so the healing pre- so the healing class and the exorcism and damage to undead class used to be separate from each other like your regular cleric could not uh learn learn uh exorcism uh or use it uh naturally yes. here this is also showing that that uh separation is no longer the case.
0: Yeah, and and to specify, he is the version that can not do damage, direct damage. Right. He is the buff and healing unit uh, Mm -hmm. and exorcism unit. The other unit can shoot magic missiles. Right. You know, and also, for some reason, haste. Mm -hmm. uh, The haste buff is considered uh, part of that subset. Uh, And these are all, like, you know, when we were talking about the magic system earlier— Uh, This is actually pretty frustrating Mm -hmm. uh, to me because an enemy, you can look at a class and see that they can use light magic.
3: Right. But But they can use everything in light magic.
0: All light. Yeah. Yeah, Like these are all light magic. Haste and exorcism and, Mm -hmm. you know, magic missile, uh, whatever the equivalent of that is, are all light magic. Mm -hmm. And certain classes can use certain ones. So it just ties into that. It being really, really hard to tell what a class is like just by looking at them. Right. uh, In this. Um, Um,
1: but yeah, our target here is Moldova, who they call a necroprentice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, they're waiting for Nybeth's return. He has uh, he, he has fled, uh, and they're going to come back here. Uh, we're in this town, uh, which gives us a little bit more uh, variability in the height than we've had before. We have rooftops, mm-hmm. uh, we have waterways, um, and we're also dealing with these undead, both skeletons and uh, and ghosts. Uh, phantoms here and the fact that they will raise uh, that they'll raise up after three turns if we don't deal with them means that you uh, if you are making a drive right for um, the important enemies at the far side they will wake up and then come back and attack you from the rear
0: yeah. Yeah. The the way I ended up doing this was kind of splitting my party. Yeah. Like sending an advance party and then keeping uh some people in the back to do support. to clean up and yeah. fight uh yeah, do clean up and fight skeletons when they woke up. Yeah. Um undead are a huge pain in the ass. Yep. Uh in this game. Um, you know, having to you know, if you have one character who knows exorcism mm-hmm. at this point it's just uh Donalto and he does not use it. Mm -hmm. Uh, on enemies the ai isn't smart enough for it right so basically i just had to keep putting the skeletons down eventually i would buy a lot of scrolls of exorcism Mm -hmm. even though that got expensive but it was just worth it because if undead were about uh i needed everybody to be able to put them down permanently
1: Mm -hmm. uh this is also so undead are also uh irritating because generally of the um of the uh magic schools darkness ends up being your good all-rounder has good yeah. damage. Has uh, access to very good, um, very good status effects and things like that. However, darkness you, uh, has a big disadvantage against undead. You know, sensically, right? That 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 stands to reason. But you end up fighting undead, and if you have specialized around darkness magic at all, then you're kind of done
0: yeah it makes it, it makes it hard to hurt them. Yeah. The elemental system in this game is really interesting yeah uh because that is the only cross <laughs> elemental weakness thing yeah um it is not like earth is weak against air or right. fire is weak against water. it's mm-hmm. just light and dark, and everything else is basically fine mm-hmm. uh and gets along together um it's a little <laughs> bit underbaked yeah uh so uh afterwards uh Linus, uh thanks us for saving him. Um, the priest uh, says that Necromancer is still out there, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and then, uh, you know, we join forces. Yeah. Uh, he joins us and uh, it opens up this optional mi- or not Leonis, L.D.N.R. rather. Yeah. Um, it opens up this uh, optional mission where we can go and complete, uh, go fight Nybeth. Yeah. Um, this is difficult here. Yes. Uh, you know, and you can go do so. And this has uh, consequences for recruiting uh, some of his daughters. Right. Later is my understanding, but otherwise you just do it to do it. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, Uh, you can do this pretty much any time in chapter one before you get into the uh, um, series of battles that end this uh, out of Balmamusa. Um, You know, uh, I found that when I went to go here right now, I was not ready. I needed to get, uh, you know, to get my party a little bit more up to speed Um, because, you know, when you unlock new when you unlock new weapons that uh, that jumps you ahead of the curve a little bit on the uh, on the leveling.
0: And more skill slots. Yes. Like early on, it's very meaningful to get an extra skill slot yeah. slot and be able to equip like strength or mm-hmm. dodge or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. I just ended up grinding for a little bit and then fighting him. Yeah, uh, you know? it's a,
1: it's a good mission. Um, I like this quite a bit because you start out um, outside this uh, outside this ruined fortress, um, which eff- effectively is like fighting up a very very steep hill. Yeah. Um and you know, by the time I came and did this, I was a little bit more capable of uh of doing um exorcisms. Uh, you know, you're controlling uh Donalto right now. So you have him there. I have my other my other cleric. Uh so it, it eventually ended up being pretty good. Uh he he teleports away um when he uh, gets in low enough health.
0: Yeah, because it's gonna be a weird subplot. i yeah, yeah. uh, going here right away, this is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, this ended up being the first like mission I like just Canopus all alpha striked it. Like yeah, yeah. send Canopus up the side where he was invincible, wait mm-hmm. for him to get his finishing move. Cause he's the first character to get one and then just use that yeah. uh, on the, uh, the necromancer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we head back, uh, in the plot, we go back to Almorca castle, uh, where we talk to the Duke. He gives us our next mission. He says, Hey, uh, visit Doc castle. This is currently held by the Mm Bakram, uh, and make a non-interference treaty with the Dark Knights. So go meet with them. These are the people who killed your parents. Yeah. Go meet with them. Yeah. Uh, you seem like the best people for this job. And yeah. just tell them, hey, don't mess with us.
1: Right. Right. Uh, and this is pretty bad. Uh, you know, not just because of who is being sent to do this, but like literally anything that causes the Dark Knights to take a side will cause, uh, will, you know, will cause uh, uh, lots of ramifications uh, with the Galgastani, right?
0: Yeah. And the Dark Knights are no good. No. It's not like ironic, It's not like an ironic name or something. Right, right.
3: Yeah. The Shady Beagles um, really so, do suck.
0: Yeah, they really do suck. Uh, Quechua and uh, Vice do not want to do this. And the Duke basically says, like, hey, it's only temporary. This is out of convenience and stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is the first kind of hint that the Duke is going to – is basically, you know, ends justify the means. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as a dude. Like, he is more shrewd and political. He is not the underdog that you want him to be.
2: No. Like, no. Yeah.
0: He's willing to throw people into the grinder.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh so you end up uh getting stopped on the Golborza plane. I let, yep. this is the first time I'm saying some of these out loud. Golborza. Golborza.
0: Cadriga. Quadridra. Phy <laughs> <laughs> Doc. Archiopolis.
1: zeode yeah. Um <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, but the Global is a plane. Uh, it's pretty wide open. I ended up doing a lot of, uh, a lot of grinding here actually, uh, cause you end up fighting mm-hmm. a lot of beasts. Um, and those ended up being pretty easy for me to fight. Uh, there's really no story here. You just have these Galvestani warriors, uh, in three small groups, um, and each of the corners and there's a river in the middle. Um, yeah. Water is tricky uh, uh, because not you, you know not everybody can stand in it or walk across it. So you end up having to find, like, uh, you know, shallows uh, and crossings yeah. there. And there are special abilities that, like, specifically, like, rune fencers get, weirdly enough, to be able to uh, cross those.
0: It ends up being, uh, I think, fairly obnoxious, uh, those abilities. Because, again, when I talk about how I want this stuff to be
3: class-based,
0: uh-huh. because, uh, you know, you have a maximum of 10 skills you can mm-hmm. equip. And when— just your basic verbs all take a slot yeah. and there are tons of things that don't feel like, that feel like they should be benefits, but to stay above the curve Mm -hmm. end up being mandatory.
2: Yeah. You know, like
0: you can't, you can't not have true strike equipped. Like I'm not going to miss 20 to 25% of my shots. No. You know, just kind of period. So switching out to like, okay, you know, ideally you'd want to be like, there's water here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to switch several of my units to have the waiting skill. So they can move across water. Yeah. In practice, this was not only like too fiddly, you know, when I was talking about doing things suboptimally to avoid fiddle. Mm -hmm. uh, But also it was uh, too – it would make those units so appreciably worse as to be like questionably valuable.
1: Yeah. Uh, There's also an element of trial and error to this. Um, you know, you you don't know really when you're going to go into a map that has uh that, you know that has water prominently in it. Yeah. So like yeah. you know, you can go in with your regular loadout, find out, oh yeah, this is totally like, you know, it's gonna screw me if I don't have at least one person who's able to who's who's able to navigate this. Um that's weirdly the case for a lot of different things. You know, I'll I'll talk yeah. about this when we get there. But you know, eventually we're gonna start finding Beastmasters um and dragoons we're going to end up fighting with and those are characters who are specifically made to take out beasts well you don't know if you're going to go up against a beast until you get into a fight and see what the loadout is oftentimes the answer is no and so you end up if you're bringing them in as a matter of course you have um a unit who is not at all specced to deal with what you end up needing to fight against so it really it really discourages actually like building up and using those because they are so specialized uh and it requires foresight or reloading to actually know to know what you need yeah. to do
0: using a guide and uh the fact that uh beasts are everything like you you have a, a petrify charm sleep mm-hmm. key and you know a hammer and everything is a nail yeah you know with that like i was like looking at all these uh Maneuvers and skills and classes that were related to taming and uh, defeating beasts mm-hmm. and empowering them when you're on my team. And I'm like, I'm just going to put them to stone. And then at the end of the battle, have everyone hit them until they die. Yeah, You know, it's like why it feels like there's entire systems of this that like are kind of cool, expressive play on one end but Mm end up being unnecessary and not very fun to engage with on the other
1: yeah or you know so specialized for end game or so specialized like i know uh taming beasts uh you can take them and sell them like at auction yeah um and that's like a really good way to get a lot of money early on and money does end up being kind of in 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 pretty short supply here but yeah like using using a character for that is a really big commitment of your resources
0: uh, one little touch. I just want to point this out because I read about this. I didn't actually do it. But keeping some of the uh, the black humor uh, from Final Fantasy Tactics and uh, Matsuno involved, um, when you sell a beast uh, there, mm-hmm. they say uh, they beg not to be sold. <laughs> you know, similar to like when you have to, when you dismiss them right. in Final Fantasy Tactics. And one of their barks is like, please don't eat me. Uh, <laughs> and then they turn into a steak no. like you get an item you can buy an item called a steak which increases your stats like so depending on the item you immediately just eat your buddy oh that's heart heartbreaking
1: well and also like yeah. what qualifies as a beast doesn't necessarily have to do with its
0: sentience yeah there's like lizard men and shit too <laughs> right. uh, yeah so
1: it's brutal yeah unethical yeah, at the very brutal. least <laughs>
0: So, uh, you do, you do this battle. Um, we get to the archiopolis of rhyme, um, and we walk in and, uh, there is a woman, Sistina, uh, who is being harassed by these, uh, Galgasani soldiers. Mm-hmm. And we get a choice, like this fight isn't our fight or we have to save her. Yeah. Uh, and that's classic final fantasy tactic shit. Mm-hmm. Except, uh, this is where you have to turn cannabis into a healing, a potion highlight player.
1: Yeah. You have to turn cannabis into a naked drug thrower.
0: Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, Sestina, you you can even – a lot of these fights where you're supposed to recruit the person, you even say – like Denim comes up and says, hey, we're here to help you. Mm -hmm. Like, come to us if you can. And they're like, no, I don't trust you. And I'm like, well, fine, die. Yeah. (laughs) Die die then. Like, I I am not going to, like, go restart this battle, which Uh I had no idea there would be a recruitment thing here. Uh Uh-huh. Take my most powerful unit and change them into the specialized babysitter for the chance of recruiting you later when your class is going to be, oh, basically a knight, but can use fire magic instead of air magic, you know, light Hmm. magic. Right, right. You know, it's just so irritating as a a design philosophy. Mm Mm-hmm of these things. So I did not say I tried like four times. I tried uh, yeah. and then it just yeah, it just stopped like well, he's like you keep walking into danger. You are going to die.
1: Yeah, and it felt like when I succeeded at this, um it was entirely by luck. Uh yeah. like they just like I I eventually got enough of my guys closer that the enemy AI prioritized coming after us instead of taking pot shots at her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and That's just, another
0: way you can do this, other than sending, making a drug slingshot, is to <laughs> send a naked priest up forward. Because yeah. the, uh, their their AI routine is uh they focus for mages and healers, uh-huh. uh, and then they focus for low HP.
1: I just like the idea of dressing uh, dressing Bugs Bunny up sexy and sending him up to like to to lure <laughs> over a bunch of Elmer
0: funds <laughs> as, a, as a sexy priest. Yoo-hoo! Sexy priest Bugs Bunny. A yeah. hey, uh what sins you commit, Doc? <laughs> uh
1: yeah, you ready to add a few more? Yeah. No <laughs> Doc. Hey, doc. Uh, before we talk about the battle, I just want to talk about one other frustrating thing about this. I rescued Sustina and then afterwards, uh, you know, it comes out like, okay, she's part of, of the Wallister Liberation Front, uh, which is different mm-hmm. and separate from you. They are kind of unaffiliated. They do not uh like that uh the royalty has any role in this at all. Mm-hmm. um yeah. and like she asked you a question like you know what like what are you you know why are you fighting and you you know you can either say like oh i fight for the wallister or i fight for my family or whatever if you answer that wrong she goes away she she will not yeah. join you i said you know i said i fight for the wallister and she's like oh so you're no different than any of them later and i was like oh i thought that was yeah. the right answer but it wasn't
0: nope. no so yeah the 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 uh you know, in an ideal world, you would have a guide or you just restart the battle and do the whole thing again, mm-hmm. roll the dice and even get the natural 20 that allows her not to die. Right. Uh, in that. But that's, to me, that is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. yeah. Uh, you get to, uh, fight at Castle.
1: Are we, 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 we the, should, we uh, can talk about the battle a little bit there. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: I, I, I Sorry, I, I, I uh, skipped a second. Yeah.
0: Um, it's, it's very similar. Mm -hmm. Uh, to normal battles she's she starts really far away from you kind of to the left and you have this bottleneck in front of you with houses so other than uh cannabis you have to send everybody through this narrow passage Mm -hmm. Uh, so even getting people close enough to heal her or distract the enemy is a little bit tricky Mm -hmm. because again you have you're fielding you know nine units at this point i think and you uh people can move three or four yeah, units. so it's really hard to make a lot of distance yeah. in a turn.
1: um like in something when you have a bottleneck like this uh you you do not want to run into a uh, into a three stooges problem like the first person who um gets uh, initiative oftentimes will be a like priest or somebody else with a really low move you do not want to send that person into the bottleneck first because they will block the progress of other people who yes. come up later who have more uh more mobility yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, there's also, you know, we talked about how uh, this is kind of obviated by the uh, Birdman mm-hmm. characters. Uh, you get this one Birdman. To get more, you have to recruit them. You have to engage with that recruitment system and not yeah. the story recruitment system, the uh, the skill-based recruitment system, mm-hmm. which I understood it was like a Pokemon. I had to get somebody low health. Mm-hmm. Um, I never saw in the whole game saw a percentage higher than zero.
4: Uh, you have to be right nice
0: next to them. I, I tried. Oh. Well. Like, I, I'd be really close to them and kept having zero. And maybe I didn't have both the factors at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, being right next to them and having them at, like, the low enough health yeah. threshold. But the way the skill works, you can do it on the entire field, but it only works if they're adjacent.
1: That's very strange.
0: Them. That's really weird. I don't understand that decision. Choice. No. Because uh, I would have liked more Birdmen. Like, mm-hmm. all of my archers could have been Birdmen, and that's a really good class combo. Yeah. So... Yep.
1: Um, I mean so uh uh another thing that's important to talk about here is like trajectory too. We didn't really yeah, talk yeah. about that. We talked about it in spells, how there are projectile spells and like instant effect spells. Um trajectory is really, really important for both um crossbows, uh bows and uh and spells, because they all behave a little bit differently. Uh, uh yeah. An enemy can be within range. Um, You can actually like get over them and, um, you know, target them. But if there's anything that reasonably would block the shot, it will.
0: Yeah. It doesn't show up in the percentage to hit, mm-hmm. uh, which is obnoxious to me. Right. Like I have zero percentage chance to hit that. And also um, you,
1: you need a skill to see the tra- trajectory to see if it's going to yeah. be interrupted by something.
0: Yep, and we talked about how that's a, a precious resource. Yeah. Um there's also in just weird quirks to the archery system mm-hmm. is that your range is not accurate. <laughs> it's that's um, so weird. You can go outside your range. Uh-huh. Um, you have a minimum range, you can't go within. Right. But like typically you can go at least two squares past your maximum range mm-hmm. and more if you have a height advantage.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: that's really strange. It's mm-hmm. a really weird choice. Yeah. And um, that
1: that leads to archers being even more overpowered than they otherwise would be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dominant. Um, so then you make your way to Fidat Castle for this mission. Uh, the Dark Knights are all hilariously evil <laughs>
1: looking. <laughs> Even the name, the Dark Knight belzephan
0: Yeah, Bel- Uh here is the kind of the leader. Uh, he takes you in, and we meet the Dark Knight Lancelot with an mm-hmm. eyepatch no. uh, here that our Lancelot, this is the guy we thought yeah. we were going to ambush in the beginning of the game.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, he agrees yeah. to this neutrality pact uh, that we bring here, but then the topic of Goliath comes up. Uh, and he apologizes. He apologizes to Ketua, yeah. Um, and, you know, for for what the Dark Knights did. Basically, saying you know how
2: war is.
0: Yeah. So. Yep. And this is uh, cold comfort, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and is is bullshit based oh, on of what the Dark Knights end up doing, <laughs> right? Um, so so we we head back, um, go to the castle. The Duke sends us on another mission, um, this time to uh, Balma Balma Musa. Uh, yeah, Balma. Yeah, there we go. Balma Musa. Baba Bui, uh To they send us to Sabaro. <laughs> um, where the Wallister, um, are used as like slave labor. Yeah. And, yeah. Thing. and the, basically it's like, you know, you don't, we don't have enough forces to overtake them, but we can incite a revolt.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what Balmamusa is, uh, uh, is coded as, it, it changes depending on the translation. Uh, it goes from either like, uh, a labor camp to basically like a concentration camp. Um,
0: yeah. It's pretty rough. Yeah. Um, when you're there, it just looks like a town. Yes. Uh, you know, and, uh, Leonar had been with us before this, he takes off and now, uh, Dame Ravness,
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh, comes with us. Um, yes. she is the one who we talked to before who was like, you know, give truth to the lie, um, solid.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and before we leave, we're on our way out. Uh, Lancelot tracks down denim and they have a little discussion about like fear of battle, you know, uh, basically again, really good, you know, Matsuno writing, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know, if, if the sword's not shaking, like, you're not paying attention or something like that. I can't remember really the exact <laughs> yeah. phrasing, but, it, you know, it's good.
1: Some of you have never shaken uh, a sword, and it shows.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, your, your silence and the subject of shields is deafening.
3: Um,
0: that's it. That's the tweet.
3: It's, it's weirdly <laughs>
0: prescient. Yep. Um, the, uh, and then uh, we get a little bit of, like, very ham-handed backstory right before we leave, uh-huh. where uh, he shows you his dead wife's music box, uh, which yeah. I'm sure was from the first game. hmm
1: um, yeah. and talks about how the melody bolsters him and such uh, a little bit yeah. of a, a little bit of a preview of what he ends up kind of being here for. Him. Him. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So we, we head out, we have a couple of, uh, a couple, a couple more wilderness battles here that end up having uh, very little to talk about. Uh, so we go by Lake Bordeaux. Uh, this is a large battle in some wetlands. Uh, and here is where I started fighting enemy berserkers. Um, Yes. Uh, weirdly, uh, berserkers cannot go berserk at low levels. Like that's a skill that they need to level into, um, a way
0: late skill and, and berserk means cleave yes. in D and D terms. Berserk means hit not cleave. Uh, it means like a hitting enemies, uh, like a wider attack. Right. Right. So, yeah, yeah. A, uh, a lot of the skills like you activate them and they only affect the next attack mm-hmm. uh, attack that you do which makes them kind of a shitty investment um you know you wait quite a while to get 40 tp mm-hmm. uh or whatever and then you get one you know so you spend all this time you put this point in the skill you put the resource into it uh and then you wait for 40 tp to do one attack that'll possibly hit two enemies yes and then you start over mm-hmm. with that weight
1: yeah um and, and you know, in practical terms, like a berserker is, you know so you have a warrior who's well a well rounded uh fighter uses a lot of weapons. you have a knight who is like defensive uh oriented berserkers are offensive oriented
0: yes, uh, and rune fencers are fighter mages with mm-hmm. uh, support magic yep. uh who are only really good because they're the first people you can get who can cast haste, yes, for a while
1: uh rune fencers also uh come out come out of the uh gate being able to use spears really well, so
0: yeah, the yeah. yep. spears have reach. Um, sorry, a little bit to that i ended up uh, leveling up a berserker um berserkers uh have a late game skill which uh gives them a 50 percent strength bonus before mm-hmm. the attack yeah um that's really good yeah it was like one of the few things that could hurt the emboss that was on a finisher mm-hmm. um that is really worthwhile until that comes up though which is the end of the the main game mm-hmm. um they underperformed from knights yeah uh for me which uh have a lot of defensive skills mm-hmm. um but just can our tankier wear better armor yeah have 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 like that
1: that that rampart aura and the shadow rampart aura ended up being really
0: really important on the nights. yeah yeah which is a cool uh what that does is it makes you uh stop enemies they cannot they have to stop when they land uh, next to you Mm -hmm. and you can extend that aura to even further so you can block choke points Mm -hmm. um which is really cool there's like a lot of moves like that that kind of don't go quite far enough and the maps don't work for Mm -hmm. um like so for example uh Rune fencers as well can make barricades. Yeah. Um, they get a TP skill that allows you to make, uh, you know, just a one by one block that you have to destroy before you can move past. Uh, that's incredibly cool as an idea. Yeah. Uh, I did not find and I, I tried to find use for this because that's my shit. Yeah. Um, could not find <laughs> one map where the enemy couldn't just circumvent it. Yeah. Or that I could get enough TP early enough to do that before the enemy had gotten past where I would do it. Right. You know.
1: Yeah. So, so cool idea, very limited possibility for execution.
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh the next level that you go to is the Ziad Moors. Um this is another wetland we to make our way to the uh Balamusa. Uh and we meet a recurring character, Beastmaster Gnap <laughs> Gamp. <laughs> Gamp uh who uh at this point has some humans with him, but he also summons in uh two Griffins. his two and beloved new- pets. <laughs> Yep. If you take out one of them or Beastmaster Gnab, mm-hmm. uh he uh, flees.
1: Yeah. Uh, these griffins are emergencies.
0: Yeah. We should talk about animals. Mm-hmm. We talk about beasts and stuff in this at some point. Yeah. Because uh, it's going to become more of a thing in the later chapters. Yeah. Um, they're interesting. They're slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, generally. Uh, but they do a lot of damage and they're so fucking tanky,
1: extremely tanky, not just, uh, in, uh, HP total, which is, you know, uh, yes, high, but also in like just basic damage resistance. Uh, and this yeah. even goes down to like really minor beasts. Like when you end up fighting like lizard men, their whole thing is that, you know, they have scales and they're also wearing armor and like melee, melee attacks do nothing.
0: Yeah. So a lot of times for beast, you have to, uh, you know, if you're trying to kill them, if that's your goal, uh, doing magic, Mm -hmm. you know, is, is how you would do that again, though, like the, the omni key is sleep, petrify charm. Yeah. Uh, beast ended up being my number one, like, Oh, charm these guys right away. Yeah. Yeah. And they moved so slow that like very rarely would they do damage for me, Mm -hmm. uh, but they just wouldn't attack me. Yeah. You know, even if it just gave them one, uh, you know, one turn where they didn't attack me, that was worth it.
1: Um, so. you know, you end up fighting like griffins and stuff. A lot of them have access to their own, uh, status effects, their own afflictions mm-hmm. that they can do. Uh, this is going to be the primary source of poison that you're going to run into. game. Uh, in yeah. at least it was for me. Um, you know, yeah. and poison is you know devastating in this.
0: It's a uh, way worse than the super Nintendo version. Uh, in this version you tend to take about, you take the way poison works is really interesting. It's on the turn of the poisoner, mm-hmm. not on your turn. So if, uh, you know, the, the griffin poisons you, every time the griffin would get a turn, you take, like, 10 poison damage. Mm-hmm. In the Super Nintendo version, it was 30 damage. Good God. Um, and, you know, I, earlier when I talked about the pacing and balance in terms of inflicting status and recovering from status.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the enemy will start poisoning four or five of your guys at once. Yeah. If that was doing 30 damage per turn and that was just a four, you know, turn tax, like mm-hmm. time tax, that would have been just absolutely yeah. bug nuts.
1: This is the first battle where it really hammered home for me that you, you know, to end the battle, all you needed to do was actually meet the objective. Before this, mm-hmm. I was really spending a lot of time kind of diligently clearing all of the maps. In this one, it was like by the skin of my teeth. I was like, okay, like I'm just going, I, I know I'm going to fail at this. I'm not going to be able to defeat all these Griffins and all these dudes. Uh, so I'm just going yeah. to see how this shakes out. It just happened to be that I focused fire and damaged one of the Griffins enough to stop the battle. Yeah, same. Yeah. Same.
0: And that does leave uh leave him alone, which I think you can recruit him later. hmm So Yeah. yeah.
1: So a fine fight, but uh taught me a lesson that <laughs> you don't have to fight everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um so we arrive here, we arrive at uh Balamusa. Um and uh the, we're just on kinda of outside the town for this first part, this fort, we clear out some people. Right. Um just, just humans like berserkers, knights. Mm-hmm. Mages. Not too big a deal.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's easy. Uh, it's, it's uh, it's you know, just relatively low effort because you stop out at the top of a hill um, mm-hmm. and you end up fighting your way down. You have uh, Lady Rapnus with you. Uh, she has, you know, she's really powerful. She's acting as a guest uh, in this and she tends to, you know, be useful <laughs> uh, because, you know, if there's one thing the guest AI knows how to do, it's attack. So,
0: yeah. 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 Yep.
1: Uh, but um, this is where we get to the choice uh, welcome to war crime town
0: yeah yeah and uh, we get here this is interesting like you mm-hmm. go and you're like hey stand up for yourselves and they're all old like they're like we can't do this yeah. it's like the opposite This situation ends up becoming something that happens like seven times in game of thrones right where uh, danny walks up and is just like hey beer like have you tried not being a slave and they say <laughs> oh shit Whoa. and then they do it and it's it's really <laughs> offensive and horrible Yeah. Uh, and here it plays out more like it might actually play out, which is yeah. like, do you think hey, we haven't like, tried
1: fighting back? Do you think we yeah, haven't we have seen no, what happens when people fight back?
0: Totally. <laughs> like we have no choice. We're not willing to sacrifice half of ourselves right. for this, you know? Uh, and uh, vice, uh, you know, again, a little twerp, uh, you know, calls them all cattle. Like he's not having it. Mm-hmm. Leonard pulls you outside and says like, listen, uh, and there's foreshadowing about this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Lord had been like, Hey, if, if plan A doesn't happen, do sinister plan B <laughs> uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and Leonard nods. And he comes back. He says, listen, we had to kill them all. Uh, we get a flashback to Ronway and he's saying, hey, uh, the captives, you know, they're not going to rise up. If we kill them dressed as the Galgastani, this will incite the countryside against the, the Galveston.
1: Right. It will, uh, it will, it will galvanize anybody who might've thought that resistance was not good. If we arrange a slaughter, that you know, they are more useful to us as martyrs. This will be the yes. event that not only rallies uh, the, you know, the, 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 the remnants of the Wallister who are spread a little bit, spread spreading about, but Ramway's guess about the way this is going to turn out is that it will also demoralize Galveston. That Galveston will think, Oh my God, like is this really the kind of war that we're fighting? Rommway believes that people are going to stand down,
0: yes, yeah, uh, and Leonard is not a bad dude, mm-hmm. uh, even in the chaos route where I you know defy this like this is this is uh probably like just killing these people was probably a little bit too big of a moral event horizon for what they were going for, yeah, you know as we mentioned in the beginning, like I can't imagine. You know, if this is the, the idea that they wanted you to do, it's a pretty tall order, mm-hmm. you know, and part of that 2020 brain, like in 1995, uh, 25 years ago is probably definitely more of a like, yeah, fuck it, kill them all, yeah. you know, rip no. and tear, <laughs> uh, you know, not, not, a, not as a, but it's for the turn the tone they're going for. Mm-hmm. It's very counterintuitive yeah. uh, to, to me to do so. Yeah, but this is the fulcrum on which it passes, and by from everything I hear, I totally recommend if you're going to play this game, do the war crime mm-hmm. because the uh, the chaos route is pretty boring uh, in terms of plot. Like, there's some really good stuff in it, but there are a lot of just mercenaries hunting you down. Like, is yeah. the outlaw route, mm-hmm. and the outlaw route means. Uh, Getting stopped by guys hunting your head Mm -hmm. who shout their name at you like an anime and then you kill them and then you go to the next map. Yeah. And that happens a lot during chapter two in the chaos route.
1: Yeah. Um, And in the law route, you end up, uh, you know, being ordered around by Romwe before you eventually supplant him. Um, You know, so you're working on the inside as it goes um but yeah uh kill, kill kill the civilians, puts you on law uh refuse to kill the civilians puts you on um uh, uh puts, puts you on chaos, chaos. i figured yeah. okay i'll i'll jump on the I'll jump on the grenade here and take the uh take the war crime because I figured that would put me on chaos uh, mm. counterintuitive like you said yeah
0: yeah yep uh so in uh chaos mode um leonar says, well, that's unfortunate uh vice uh join me and take them out. And Vice's portrait changes uh, to turn him into, like, like imagine, like, uh, Nintendo Power Nestor, but evil. <laughs> uh, he just becomes this, like, sniveling, like, war freak.
1: Okay. Like, it,
0: it's such a weird turnaround because he's just like, yeah, kill them all. You've always been weak. Fuck you. Like, it's like, what the hell, man? Like, I, I, where did this come from? Huh? Um, everyone's begging him to, like, not be a shithead. And he just immediately became a monster. Uh, Ravnus comes out and tries to stop this, uh, but she gets killed, mm-hmm. uh, by, by vice. So she doesn't, you don't even get to really talk to her. Yeah. Um, and then you do, uh, you do a fight. Yeah. Uh, here vice leaves and leaves a bunch of people to mop you up. hmm So.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the, did you find that the, uh, the chaos version of this fight was harder than Bob Musa part one? Like, did it leave you at more of a disadvantage here or?
0: Uh, no, this was pretty, pretty fine. Oh, well. Uh you know, yeah, this this was not this was not particularly tricky or anything. Mm-hmm. They just sent in some people, but they were far like when you first did uh Balma Minusa part one,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um you were in the uh, aggressive uh section of the map mm-hmm. and you were fighting against an enemy that was more entrenched. In this one, you start on the other side of the map so there's more cover mm-hmm. and and such oh, and right. uh more choke points heading towards you. Um and this was kind of the beginning of my uh turtling strategy. Which, yeah. I would do, which was not always like, was always kind of boring, but like I ended up doing it for important, you know, let them come to me because they will naturally separate a little bit so I can fight them one at a time, as opposed to just like throwing my fastest units into the grinder.
1: Yeah. Trying to catch them where yeah. they are and arrest them there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what happens when you decide to kill them is like Katua. she is mortified, but she will stick with you no matter what um vice uh he does not believe that this is the path that the wallister or you know are going to take <laughs> you know like there there's nothing down here for this. Why would you kill wallister to try and save them? Um, and so he decides to turn and he abandons you. Uh, Lady Ravnus uh, takes a little bit more of a um, a little bit more of an aggressive role in this, uh, and she decides, hey, I need to I need you know I need to kill you for what you've done. Leonard goes in and he's the one who actually does the deed, but not before making some really um, really shitty comments about the fact that Lady Ravnus is of mixed blood. That oh, she, yeah, that she is, wall she is half Wallister, half Galgastani, and basically immediately like uses that to, uh, to, to justify why she would not go along with the plan or to like, you know, condemn her for it, saying, oh, you know, just really shitty things about the coincidence of her birth, right? Um, yeah. you know, so I, real
0: quick, let me go, put a pin in that. Sorry to, uh, no, uh, no, get no off. It's worth noting for people who are playing this from the outside that this is not a Rashomon thing right. where you are seeing the same events and it is merely the perspectives right. that are different. Characters change their personality based on which, based on your choices. Right. So, Leonar, in my version, was the enemy but was like the noble version uh-huh. of the enemy and was like really against that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, every time I talked to him, he was like, you know, uh, we, we actually, you know, there's the only thing uh, separating us from our enemy is blood, but we have to end the war. Mm-hmm. You know, this is the most, he wasn't, there's was no racism or anything. Yeah. Um. And, uh, and, you know, and vice turned into a weird sniveling monster. <laughs> like they literally just change into different people. It's not yeah. a thing where it's like, I have a limited, I have a pinhole, view into this and if I saw the whole picture their actions would make sense
1: yeah I would see different justifications to understand why they did this differently yeah
0: yeah it's it's not that they just turn into different people
1: right so like for me like you know you end up siding with Leonard, he immediately turns into an usurper and like wants to put you in command so he can control you
0: yeah
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: It's not great. It's
0: it's interesting. Like yeah, it's like Leonard is a good person when he's your enemy. Mm-hmm. He's a bad person when he's your friend. Yeah. Vice is a good person when he's your enemy. He's a bad <laughs> person when he's your friend.
1: Right. Like so, for this Vice is never your friend. Re- but, Vi- Vi- Vice is yeah. never your friend. He, he kind of is always your enemy, but in your case in the Chaos Path like he he goes and becomes bloodthirsty in the in yeah. the Law Path like he matures like instantly. Like he goes and works for the uh, for the Liberation Front. Like he is, yeah. uh, um, you know, ends up actually being like really upright and standing against you in kind of like a principled way. So it's like a little bit more similar to the Delta Ramza, uh, kind of split.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
1: um but yeah the version of the battle that, that that they put you in here is uh i found this to be very difficult uh primarily because Ravnus uh was in play she starts out like right next to you um and will start uh, start attacking your people uh if you want to recruit her you have to keep her alive like i knew this i saw this ahead of time so i was like all right here's what you have to do that stops you from being able to uh to turtle but because you can't just wait for the enemies to come down the hill and get you because Ravnus is there and you want to, uh, you know, <laughs> there's only so much you can do with status effects to keep her at bay. So like my first try, I was like, I'll take the side roads. No, that just uh that just bottlenecked me. The enemy got on top of roofs and uh shot us like fish in the barrel. Um mm-hmm. And in the second one, it was like, no, we like we need to like basically run past Ravness on the main path to get up here and by all means keep the enemies off of the rooftops. Um, you know, so that they don't have that advantage, uh, because they already start out uphill from you, um, and have that kind of first mover go. Uh, this was, you know, it felt like a good climactic battle.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. A little bit of anticlimax in the chaos route, uh, because I didn't have a hero unit I was fighting against. Yeah. You know, uh, which, which, which makes sense. And if, in trying to keep the hero units alive was something I'd given up on. You know, alarmingly quick in, <laughs> in my playthrough of this, just because I like read about them and I was like, I'm not going to end up doing that.
4: Yeah. You know? <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's going to be our first episode mm-hmm. on uh, Tactics Ogre, Let Us Cling Together. Uh, we'll be talking about um, our respective experiences for Chapter uh, 2 and 3. Mm-hmm. Next time, uh, that will be, uh, by definition, a lot quicker.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, we're going have the, the generalities, and because we're technically covering, like, double the amount of content
1: yeah. that we'd
0: be, I think we have to keep a real good clip.
1: Agreed. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, so we're going to be doing chapters two and three and then and then uh, getting together for four. So like two and three yeah. are going to be like book reports kind of.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But not, not necessarily super zoomed in. Mm-hmm. Because if, if we sit down and if we talk about the every single line of dialogue and every mm-hmm. single battle in those, uh, we'll be here for three episodes. Right. Uh, you know, this and that's uh, more than than we have uh, budgeted right. for it. Um, but yeah, no generalities, no other generalities will come out. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like I was just yeah. thinking about like, oh, like skills actually, uh, improve as well. Skills have ranks. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't really know which ones do, <laughs> uh, but some skills actually get better and yeah. some skills unlock more powerful versions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's real weird. Like a net, uh, a recruit or like, uh, the MP one, the one that changes your TP into MP, yeah. uh, just gets better the more you use it. Whereas knockback goes from 25% chance to 50% chance. Yeah. You know, so we're, you know there's little little bits like that that'll come out mm-hmm. uh in the episodes but and it also- I recognize this episode has been very negative. uh the plot stuff is really cool, um the actual like ending uh, I think the last uh, encounter in this game is really good mm-hmm. uh, the final fight is real good, like there are things that are good about it, yeah, yeah, um, so yeah you know, I'll save uh, kind of final summations for the next one, but it is something that it was a really mixed experience for me, yeah um you know, dug it, but not as much as I thought I would, mhm,
1: yeah. Um and I'm here for the story. I am here for the the, the scope and the tone because it is uh exceedingly rare. Exceedingly yep. rare.
0: And rare and good. Mm-hmm. Um if you have things to say about Tactics Ogre, let us cling together, um hit us up at duckfeed.tv slash contact by yeah. the fifteenth of July. Um also if you have things to say about Hitman Two, uh 2018 2 mm-hmm. or uh Mario Golf Advanced Tour. Right. Yep.
1: Uh we're probably going to be throwing some uh, uh some just general video game golf talk into the uh premium section of that uh to uh yep. to, to spread it out. Uh both of us mm-hmm. enjoy golf games. Um and yeah. golf games end up being uh, you know, there's like there there are tons of like really fun uh you know indie golf games that, that 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 are out there. There are lots of those. Yeah. So,
0: I've been playing a lot of them recently. Yeah. Like golf has just been sounding fun. Uh, there's a there's a cool one on uh, Steam that I started playing called Golf It, and mm-hmm. that one has a course. It's a mini golf game that has a course designer. Nice. I'm like, oh man, like yeah, designing a mini golf course. Mm-hmm. That's appealing to me. Um yeah. But yeah, we're gonna talk some sugar about uh what is probably on the balance of my favorite sports genre of video games, if of you course. don't count skating. Yeah. Um and then also if you have things to say about August games, mm-hmm. uh which are Disco Elysium and Devil May Cry, uh the original.
1: Yes. The uh the two thousand three, Devil May Cry one, not the uh Ninja Theory, I believe. Yes. Yeah, Ninja Theory One. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um hit us up by the fifteenth of August. Yeah.
1: If you would like to support the show um and get more content, uh you can go to Patreon at patreon.com slash duckfeetv at five dollars to get access to all of our premium episodes of this show, in addition to whole uh whole shows. Uh, like Unfilmable, our uh, kind of limited run series about how Lovecraft and Lovecraftian ideas and stories are adapted to visual media, film and television and such. Um, uh, or uh, you can get our uh, Dark Souls series, um, uh, Bonfireside Chat, where this summer we're kind of going in and talking about some really substantial mods uh, for the, you know, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3 as they, uh, as they go.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really fun. You know, I got cool things planned. I want to throw a big thank you to everybody who tuned in to DuckFest 2. Yes. uh, Which we just wrapped up yesterday. Uh, Mm -hmm. Everybody who donated. um, We met and exceeded all of our goals Mm -hmm. uh, for that in raising money for Color of Change. uh, And that uh, is a good cause. And we really appreciate you allowing us to do that Mm -hmm. and for helping out.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: And for tuning in and participating in the
1: chat. The uh, energy, as always, was uh, incredibly good. Uh, it was very hard not to just watch the chat because people in the chat are very funny. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So, uh, it was a huge success. You know, the, the, the event had to be compromised, uh, because of the uh, pandemic, which is unfortunate, but, uh, uh, I'm happy that even this compromise ended up being a very good time.
0: Yes. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So looking forward, uh, to doing that, uh, again. Yes. In the future, hopefully, hopefully in person. But mm-hmm. uh, this gave me kind of hope that if we can't do that in person, mm-hmm. because who even knows?
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know, None of us. Uh,
0: like, yeah, you know, uh, it'll still be good and fun. Yeah. So, um, and then, uh, patreon.com slash duck TV ratings, mm-hmm. and reviews, all those things are useful as you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, until next time,
1: mm-hmm, watch out for advice.
0: Yeah. I got a real piece of shit. The uh, the the jerk portraits in this game are very funny. I, I Vice's I, jerk jerk portrait <laughs> is the best one.
1: I went to the to the Tactics Ogre wiki to see if I could find it because I really want to. Uh, but no dice there just yet. Um, yeah,
0: he's he's angry boy.
1: Yeah, uh, computer, show me a picture of Vice snarling. <laughs>